molestando con una vipa, me pregunta si te quiero, yo te digo que no estoy lista y no quiero comenzar. What is up, mi gente? This is your co-host, Luis Martinez, and this episode of Mi Gente Show is titled Blending Genres, How to Mix Comedy, Action, and a Western to Make a Successful Indie Short. We met Jose Montesinos at this year's San Diego Latino Film Festival. He has a movie called Chico and Rico, Animal Avengers, that you can watch on YouTube right now. You have to go watch it. It was one of my favorite movies that I got to select this year for the Comedy Festival. He joined us on the pod, and we talked about his career as a filmmaker, his background, what it takes to make an action movie Western comedy, and about all his influences in filmmaking. Um, he also stuck around for a really cool bracket bit where we pitted kung fu movies versus westerns or fight movies versus westerns which was really cool and then rosa stopped by to talk about all the films that are coming out this spring and summer that she's excited about so we do a rosa bit and then we have a bracket bit and touch on a bunch of other subjects sofia is back from europe finally so we will be streaming live tonight um, and we will be streaming and having new content moving forward We also have a cool episode with Chris Estrada from um, Hulu's This Fool that will be dropping right before the new season drops. And we hope to have a lot of cool guests coming up this month for Pride and a bunch of other stuff and for the summer. So as always, thank you guys for listening. You always help us out tremendously. The pod is doing really well. We're sorry we had to take a few weeks off from being live, but we'll be back at it. Two Latinos reacting from news and culture, as we always do. Two Latinos and a microphone. Thank you guys for listening, subscribing, like the episode, share it with your friends, leave it a rating on iTunes, Spotify, etc. That'll be the best thing you can do to help us out. And as always, enjoy the pod. What is up, mi gente? It is your boy, Luis Martinez, a.k.a. Big Chief Burrito, live with you on a Thursday. Yeah, mi gente Thursday. show, live and alive on a Thursday from San Diego, California, Chula Vista, the Burrito Lounge with my co-host, Sofia Carrillo, with the hood, with the beanie on. But the beanie is cold in San Diego. What is this weather? Yeah, I was about to, I had my hoodie on and I was like, no, I can't, I can't do oh, a hoodie. Sure. I, was, I, have it, I have it standing by in case it does get cold. But, oh, I mean, it, it looked like, uh, looked like um, winter was over. I know. Climate That's change. It. I don't like it. And then I have a cobija. I got my tea. I'm ready to go, you guys. I'm feeling a little better. A little, a little bit better. better. Yeah, you sound yeah. a little bit better. You look good. Yeah. What's up, Saki Channel? Thanks for stopping by. Uh, Dimitri for a baby. Hamming up, hanging out. Uh, thank you, everybody that's tuning in. Check in if you like me. Obviously, as you see right there at the bottom, lurkers are welcome. Mm -hmm. you're, all, you're always welcome to lurk. You can just leave this Absolutely. open. Open it Open it up on a, on a tab. Leave it there. Leave us talking to nothing. Mute it. Check back <laughs> later. Leave the like button. All that good stuff. Mi gente show. Available everywhere you get your podcast. Let's throw out them mm -hmm. socials real quick. Yeah. At Mijenta Show, literally everywhere. All everywhere. Right. everywhere. 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 Um, so today, uh, let's see. Any personal news, Sophia, before we get to our guests? Um, Other than you're okay, feeling so a little bit better? I'm feeling a little bit better. Um, it's also kind of a sad day for me just because my little cookie, she would have been 15. She would have been her quinceañera today. It's her birthday. 
I know. R.I.P. Cookie. R.I.P. Cookie. Everyone pour one out. Drink one for her. <sighs> we were supposed to be partying today, but you know, mm-hmm. nature wanted otherwise. So R.I.P. Forever, forever immortalized in our intro. Absolutely. Um. Uh. Okay. Personal news for me what about is. You? No, I mean, I guess dog related. My um, how's also. Most, He's uh he's okay. I give him a bath today. Give him. I'm, I'm adding some medication because German Shepherds, man. This is why you got to stop fucking breeding so many dogs, and mm. kind of ties into what we're talking about today as well. Uh, but man, uh, he was a Craigslist Shepherd, so it means he he's been inbred, and so usually they don't have like hip and joint issues until they get older. But he's showing a couple of signs that he might have, so I'm gonna have to up my care game and got him on some cbd got him on some joint medication and some stuff Mm -hmm. like that that's coming in the next couple of days uh because he's a little puppy and he he plays around and he thinks he can fly and then every other day he's showing up limping and i'm like i can't take you to the vet every two days man we don't we ain't we ain't falling like that (laughs) once we get that spotify joe rogan money then for sure Okay, I'll have a living, but 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 as of right now, man, you I got to take care of him. So, mm-hmm. you know, as pet parents that we are, mm-hmm. yeah, know. it's hard. We need to start claiming dogs. I'm telling you, come on, in our taxes, we have absolutely. we are parents to children. Absolutely, absolutely. But cut to the cut to the real the parents of kids rolling their eyes at us. I know, just like oh, these people. You have no idea what vet bills look like. Okay, they're expensive. If your child is on Medi-Cal, they are free. That's a motherfucker. So. All right. Oof. All right. So uh, one of the and let's get on to our main uh, topic and our main guest Latin Latin, yeah. Latin Latinx spotlight for today. And one of our one of the films that I saw as part of being a curator and, and selecting comedies for the San Diego Latino Film Festival this last year was called a specific, you know, since we were talking about dogs, opened up with this scene of um, uh, of, uh, of a dog. Actually, I'll show you. I have it right here. Yeah. Um, I opened up with this sort of kind of triggering scene of uh, a of Pitbull and uh, a little puppy. And it was basically takes place in a universe where these guys are protecting it. We're actually protecting animals from animal fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I got through that and I watched the film, it was really good blend of genres. It was a comedy, but it felt like it had a Western feel. It also had like, a, like an action kung fu feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it mixed, it blended them very seamlessly, excuse me. And it was one of my favorite films that I got to program this year. So, uh, after meeting this director at the festival, uh, we kept in touch and we wanted to feature him and talk a little bit about his life and his style of cinema. Absolutely. Um, so the director of Chico Enrico animal Avengers joins us this evening. Jose Montesinos. Welcome to the yeah. street. Welcome. Welcome Jose. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing well. Excited right. to have you. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm not going to show the whole movie because I don't want us to get copyright claimed by our own guest. As it's <laughs> happened. That's happened. I mean, it has it's, happened it's, before. It's on YouTube, like, you know, hey. for to enjoy. I'm going to put the link to the film. Hey, what's up, Polly? Hey, it's <laughs> Polly throwing some shade today saying he loves Sophia, but me? Love you, Polly. That's how I feel too sometimes. I, uh, I love his new segment. He has a new segment called Macho Minute. I love that. Have you yeah. have you seen it? So good. Yeah. Anyway, love Polly. Shout out. 
Shout out, Polly. Um, so I put the link to the movie here in the stream so people can watch it and, and uh, subscribe to Baby Llama uh, Pictures. But um, let's jump right into it, Jose. I mean, uh, you know, from from bending genres to getting into different sort of film styles and techniques. Um, how long have you been making movies? And, and was this always a passion that it's that, was it something you realized you had a sort of a gift for later on in life? Or what was what was kind of like uh, the genesis of these types of movies? Oh, wow. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think uh, I was maybe um, 10 or 11 when I realized I really wanted to make movies. And um, and back then it was the 80s. So, you know, you couldn't just grab a phone or whatever and make a movie, you know, um, uh, getting a video camera was like a big deal. So uh, I had a buddy in an acting class and he his parents had a video camera. So he was making videos. And so I kind of jumped on with him and then um, started making videos with him. And eventually I, I finagled, you know, uh, a, a parent to, you know, get me a video camera when I was 14. And then I just started making nonstop videos and movies. And basically back then it was all about just trying to emulate all the movies that I grew up liking, you know. And I just did that. I kind of learned by doing. But then, um, ooh, I left on them. Oh, I know. <laughs> Continue. Um, uh and uh, yeah, so like um, I did go to City College in San Francisco film department for a couple of years when I was like, you know, 19. Um, but by then I had already made like a bunch of shorts and stupid music videos and, you know, just ridiculous, silly things. And so by, you know, I kind of had a leg up on everybody else. I just didn't know the technical aspect. Back then it was still film. This was the early 90s, it was like 91, 92. So it was still learning on eight millimeter film, 16 millimeter film found on a Nagra, you know? Um, and then through the nineties, I just kept doing it. I, I don't know what I thought I was going to do. I just kept thinking, I want to make another movie. I want to make another movie. And we did it just gorilla with our friends, video cameras. We just didn't think about it. We didn't think, Oh, we got to make something that we have to sell. We just kept making stuff that we wanted to make. And, and then it wasn't until 99 when I was 26 that uh, we finally made like a feature film that we did something with. And to this day, it still remains one of my favorite things that I've ever done, but kind of like it only exists on dvd and vhs <laughs> you're sort of dating you're sort of dating yourself over here uh, oh hey i don't i have no shame i'm a, I'm, a, I'm gonna be uh, 50 on sunday so okay. uh it's a big it's a big hey, birthday happy birthday yeah thank you happy, thank you all right yeah. happy birthday well we're we're well not sophia she's a young kitten uh but yeah i'll be i'll be 46 here in a, in about 10 days so I'm oh wow well, hey man we're pretty yeah. April is full yeah, of birthdays yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 What are the chances? Six billion people, 365 days, Sophia. I mean, it's 12 months. <laughs> 12 months. What are the odds that I would be? What, 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 what are the odds? Um so, <laughs> cool. so so yeah, so you grew up in uh even yeah, I remember myself, I grew up uh where you still had to use uh, you know, the first avid machine I saw was in um uh, in, in college and it was the size of my house, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and then you could, and then early on afterwards, you were going to be able to start editing on your laptop or on your PC and stuff like that. So where do you, um, where do you feel your career would be if you had started with some of these, you know, with all of these advantages that filmmakers have today <laughs> that they can literally just take, take their phone out of their pocket and have a 4k camera? You know, that's, that's really impossible to say. I thought about that. Cause like, the thing that's weird about that is, you know, I'm glad that all my early stuff is never going to be seen by anybody because it was, most of it was not very good. 
And so I'm glad I had those years and years of, you know, doing, are we allowed to curse on here or no? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Uh, Cause I'm just trying to edit myself, but you know, it was just, it was, it was shit. It was, you know, so um, I'm glad I had all those years to get, to get all that, that shit out. And, and eventually like, it took me a while to start building like where I was kind of like focused, you know, like what I wanted to do and taking it seriously as opposed to just having fun with it. And um, so I don't know. I don't know if it would have been a good thing or a bad thing if I had a YouTube channel when I was 14. I, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of shut. I kind of shudder to think. <laughs> yeah. So you're a, you're yeah. a writer, director, actor. You kind of do it all. Which one started first? Which one came first? Oh, uh, acting. I thought I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really thought that. I took acting classes from a really young age and. Um, I thought that's what I wanted to do, but then I just realized that I, what I really wanted to do was create the scenarios to act in. Mm. And so I wanted to control it. So I wanted to be everything, uh, writer, director, actor, editor, you know, did, you, um, did that come about because there was a lack of opportunity or, or, or was it just more so something natural that you just, you wanted to become a writer? Um, um I didn't really think about the lack of opportunity because I was too busy just doing stuff. Like, I thought, this is great. We have a video camera. We don't have to wait around. We can just make our own stuff. Not not really thinking about the fact that no one's going to watch these VHS videos, you know. Um, but uh, but when I did the very few times that I did, you know, try to act in the world, um, yeah. I mean, I was on, like, uh, Nash Bridges is like a twice. I was on Nash Bridges twice, and both times I was some kind of criminal. Uh, one time in a suit, and one time looking, looking like a gang member. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, <clears throat> and I really never, you know, it was funny because I never thought about this kind of stuff. But but now in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, you know, I guess I just never really I didn't trip on it. I just was kind of like, this is just how it is. Like, you know, just I'm never going to be get the chance to do anything. So that's why I think that fueled me to just keep making my own stuff. You know? Yeah. That's nice. awesome. Uh, yeah, initiative. Latino <laughs> says, saludos to Jose. Keep on creating. Absolutely. Thank uh, you. Yes. <laughs> so you, uh, you, you, you decided you want to, you want to do it all. You want to re you want to create, you want to do that. Um, and then, you know, you're in, you're in the game, but you're also, I mean, you've had to sort of have a, a day job during this time, or have you been able to sort of oh, survive yeah. off of this? You, I mean, again, like, so I get, like, get like many creatives. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm technically like now a working filmmaker. I, I get hired to, I don't know if you saw any of the demo reels or anything, but I make a lot of TV movies and stuff like that. So I technically work now, but before, like if we're talking through my twenties and thirties, I always had to have some kind of job. I mean, you named the job, I've probably done it, you know? Um, but uh, towards the end there in my late twenties and thirties, I was kind of doing like videotaping legal depositions. Uh, you guys know what that is? You know, just, you know, yeah, when people yeah. have legal depositions, I was the videographer. Soulless corporate <laughs> world. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was doing that. And then and then another side job that I was doing that I actually really enjoyed was uh, I was a standardized patient. You guys know what that is? No. What is that? So it's basically, it's sort of an act. It is an acting job where they, they basically hire actors to play patients for medical students. And medical students have to go through the process. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have of, to, yeah, they they have act, to like you know, act out the oh. scenarios, like, so the they give you a, like the Seinfeld episode. Yes, yes, exactly. So they give you a case, and you have to know all the symptoms and know how to answer the questions. And then they have to kind of and they they think they're trying to they think they're being graded on trying to figure out what's wrong with you, 
uh-huh. really what they're being graded on is how they treat you, how they make you feel. Oh, and they nice. make you feel comfortable and stuff. It's actually a really great job. And I always thought it a well-paid job. Cause I'm about to apply here. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is not bad. The only problem with it is it's so infrequent. So it's oh, okay. really hard to live off of it, but I was doing that for a while and enjoying that part-time. And um, so, yes, it wasn't only until I moved to LA that I became like full-time movie guy. Nice. Wait, Being so what's, what's your, it. what's your uh, life geography? Like, I know you mentioned San Francisco and now LA. Yeah. Born and raised in San Francisco. Okay. Um, and then I didn't move to LA until uh, 2000, very end of 2015. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. Yeah. When I was 42. So uh, yeah, I took that long to get here. I did not want to move to LA. I really didn't want to move to LA. I, I, I just, I just never liked it. I was, thought it was so sparse and vapid and too uh, hot. You, you know, know, I know I'm debating as well. I'm in that moment where I'm like, should I move to LA? I've been putting it off for five years already. I'm like, oh. You're in San Diego, right? I'm in San Diego, yeah. San Diego is beautiful. Do you know how many of us talk about how much we want to move to San Diego? <laughs> Don't do it. It's There's enough people here, please. No, Listen, but... San Diego is like just an extended suburb of LA. Like, really, if, if, if I so have... so much more pretty. Oh, say, Come on, like, guys. No, no, I know. But if, if for example, let's say me and you're going to work on something, uh, and then you're like, yeah, let's meet, let's meet up on Friday to talk about it. And you're like, let's meet in north hollywood at noon all i got to do is leave here by seven in the morning and you have to leave (laughs) you have to leave your house by like nine in the morning so it doesn't make that big of a difference because you're still going to hit traffic i'm you know so i mean you you can you can fake it till you make it from s the thing is you you, i mean yeah Yeah. you you say that but then also like you got to think about like casting like sometimes you get a message and you're like tomorrow morning be on set at this or whatever like you know when you're scraping by to be an actor so it's kind of like I can't. I mean, know, can't be doing it's that. it's true. It's true. But it's at the same time, I got to I got to tell you, like uh, I, the last movie I actually shot in L.A. was in 2020. Whoa! Mm-hmm. So most of the movies I'm shooting are like in Georgia, Florida, Oklahoma, everywhere but L.A. Um, Ooh. So where should I move, Jose? Help help us out. Where do I? No, move? I mean, look. I mean, Vancouver, I mean, Georgia. I mean, I mean, Atlanta's doing really well. I mean, uh, you know, everything I hear about Atlanta and I was just there, I just made a movie in Georgia and the crews are really great. They're they're getting a lot of work out there. So it's not a bad option, but you're in San Diego, you know, LA would make way more sense for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Um, and it's grown on me, obviously. I've been here now like seven years. So I, you know, I, I, there are things about it. I like, I live in Burbank, which is definitely different than the rest of LA. And I like it. I, I got my eye on Burbank, actually. I I got my eye on the outskirts. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty. It's peaceful. It's 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 chill. Uh, the only problem is it gets fucking hot. Really? In the summer. Oh yeah, it can get. Uh, you know, when we yeah, uh, when we shot Chico Rico, that was not in Burbank. That was like a little bit outside of Burbank, but still along the same lines. And when we were shooting those scenes, it was like a hundred and ten degrees. What the hell? Because it looked, I was going to say, it looked really freaking hot and you were layered. Like, I know, with I know. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about Chico and Rico. First of all, my first question goes about the dogs. How how did you get the dogs and are they trained and how do they just act so well? They're so cute. Oh, yeah. So the dogs was a stroke of just luck. Um, so uh, a buddy of mine, um, he was kind of co-producer on it and he had befriended uh, this woman who runs an actual rescue, um, and it's uh, I believe it's called K K nine one one. K wait K now I gotta figure out the I gotta find the name because I think it'd be great to promote them because um, yeah. they're great. Um, I'll look it up in a second. But um, 
So they ask, actually rescue animals like this. They actually do what Chico and Rico do, like for real. Oh. And um, so those dogs were rescues. And they had one that they, I said, well, we need one that looks really mean, but isn't mean. Yeah. And they said, oh, we got this one that we're working with right now. Her name is Little Bit. Um, she's super sweet, but she looks like a tough dog. And I was like, okay, well, you know, and so we, it was just a big gamble. Like, are we going to, these, these not trained movie dogs, are they going to work out? And the Beagle was way more of a, 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 a wild card than the, than the <laughs> pit was. The Beagle was just a wanted to play, couldn't sit still, yeah. you know? Um, so when you see it tied up, it's actually not scared at all. It's just anxious to, it Excited. wants to be let go so it can play, yeah. you know? So I had to add in all the sounds and edit just the right moments. So it looked like it was retreating and being scared and, um, we just got really lucky and with little bit, little bit gave like a masterful performance. I just had to replace her voice with that of a dark, a meaner, angrier dog bark because mm. her bark was lighter. You can't, the thing about pit bulls is that they're not naturally angry and aggressive. So even, even though you did, you got a great performance at her, you could me as a, as a person with two red nose pit bulls can just see that in the back. The tail is ragged. Yeah, that's the first thing The tail's betraying him. Like, even like the yeah. dog's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm such a mean dog. But meanwhile, yeah. he's like, yeah, exactly. he's like, like, he's like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's true, it's true. She, yeah, was, yeah, a, yeah. she was a sweetheart, but yeah. she did. She was dangerous for other dogs. Okay, and they and they were training her to be better with other dogs. She loved people, but she had a problem with other dogs. So we had to be careful not to get her and the beagle too close together. Um, but she never showed any signs of aggression that I saw. But that's uh, what we call method acting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of yeah. the things that um that I did want to talk to you about is you know in terms of like your your film style, not necessarily your um your influences, but more the the gender the genre bending of of adding multiple genres to this film in particular. When you were coming up with the concept. Did it, did it, was it a, a matter of like an independent filmmaking where you're like, Hey, we know these really cool stunt people and we have this idea for this. Let's incorporate all of it. Or was it always going to be a concept of a comedy with these Western sort of influences, homages and, and this kick-ass Kung Fu fighting situation? It's <clears throat> um, uh, a hard question to answer really simply. Uh, well, see, so the thing is about 20, Wow, like 22 years ago, I right. met I met Dennis Rule, and that's the guy who plays Chico. He's also the guy who uh, choreographs, you know, the fighting. Um, and uh, so he was he was making martial arts movies with his friends in the same way that I was making other kind. Of, I was making action comedies, but I didn't have the kind of martial arts skills that he had and his friends had because they were actually martial artists making martial arts movies. And uh, we became friends and kept saying how we needed to work together. So. Through the years, our dynamic had always kind of revolved around action and comedy. We both like action and comedy. We both love movies like Lethal Weapon and Die Hard. And, you know, he grew up watching all the Jackie Chan movies. And um, Die Hard was one of my favorite movies. And that kind of blend of action with comedy. And uh, and I love Roadhouse. You know, it's one of my favorite movies. And um, so, you know, we kind of we kind of found like a middle ground of like a sort of vibe. So like... Um, we tried it in different ways. We made this adventure movie. Uh, we did this thing called sensitive seventies, which I sent you the link to, um, you know, and then Chico Rico was sort of like a, I've always loved Westerns. And um, it was sort of like a, it just all kind of sort of through the years kind of 
became that. It just kind of turned into that. Like, oh, what if we made a spaghetti western Latino cowboy rescue animals featuring martial arts comedy action movie? You know what I mean? It just kind of it just kind of turned into that over the over time. And because we've been talking about this idea for years before we finally made that proof of concept. Um, but we didn't know if it was going to work. The whole point of the proof of concept was to see if it would work. Like, we, we, would we look ridiculous in those outfits? Would it just be stupid? <laughs> you know, like all that stuff. We had to figure it out. So that proof of concept was like, oh, my God, it works. And, you know, the, the, we have like a pilot written. We have like a whole series mapped out that we want to get made. You know, they, um, you know, they, they have a mascot chicken named Pollo Bravo that's supposed to be in it. That, that's always hanging out with them. You know, uh, there's a lot more to the story. You know, we flash back to them as kids with their mother who raised them. You know, like there's all these things that happen in the, in, in the series or in the movie that, that we couldn't do. The proof of concept was literally just pulling together resources. Awesome. And that's that's a great way to uh, to get shit done. I mean, as an independent filmmaker at your core, you have to be um, you have to be you could you could you could dream pie in the sky. You could you could wish for what you don't have. You can. You can get lucky and and get a half a million dollars because your daddy knows somebody at the studio, you know, or or something like that. Or you yeah. can you can write to your strengths. And one of the things that we've always done as indie filmmakers is write to what's available to. That's one of the biggest things I always tell filmmakers. Look at the resources that you have. You might have an uncle that has a bodega. You might have a, a an aunt that works on a chicken farm. Yep, you, yep. Might, you, you know, you might have an uncle with some property in Utah. You know, you have some family in Hawaii, you know, blah, 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 all these other things. Um, you know, people that you that are cool with you that do stunts, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Write to your resources and make the best possible movie or concept that, that you can. So the ultimate goal for Chico and Rico is to get in a room, pitch them your get, get your pitch that going and get this made into a series. Right. That would be, yeah, uh, either a series or I've, I'm also developing it as a low-budget feature in case that's the route we have to try to go because mm. that might be easier to do independently if we had to than a series. Mm. But uh, it was originally designed to be a series. We thought it'd be great as a, as a like a, you know, like a Cobra Kai type series. You know, like yeah. each episode is somewhere between 25 to 35 minutes depending on the storyline. And then like each episode is self-contained, but at the same time, there's one through line going through all of it. That's kind of, there's, there's one big arc. But, you know, and I have it all mapped out. So, um, but that is the, the, the goal. And uh, I was going to say, though, uh, Luis, the, uh, your, your description is that I call that the, uh, the Rubber Arriga's School of Filmmaking. Because yeah. mm. I'm sure you read the, the Rebel Without a Crew book, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that was the whole thing. It's like, he was right. Like, just whatever you got around you, like, go, oh, I have this. I'll make a no, movie that features that. We're from similar schools, like I would assume, in filmmaking, because, like I said, when I went to film school, I was learning, I felt like I was learning an outdated uh, science, mm -hmm. because I was learning how to cut and splice and edit on this giant Avid machine, and I was reading the trades, and it was like, in a year, you'll be able to do nonlinear editing, and you'll be able to do this, and it was all these things where we had to sort and stick things into the avid machine and name it and then categorize it and do all these things to be able to do what you can do now just by dropping your video onto a timeline in premiere so you know once i yeah. figured out once i figured out i was learning like an outdated skill set i dropped out and then i retaught myself everything later on so so definitely um we're definitely from that school of like indie filmmakers you know almost mumblecore with our first few films etc so mm -hmm. we're, yeah, we're definitely sure. seeing uh, Mello, thanks for stopping by. She says, "Viva Chico Enrico." Yeah, she was at the festival. Mello. She had a fun. It was 
It was very well received at the festival. What did, what did that mean to you in terms of, uh, obviously it was a very easy, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and give myself credit for, for screening the film. It was a very easy decision. I was looking for comedies. It was funny. It had pit bulls in it. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, uh, it was, it was Latino made and, and it, and it was, you know, um, a good representation, but, uh, what did it feel to to have it screen in front of that audience um, to get a little bit of acceptance? I always say day one, shot one is the best feeling as a filmmaker when you edit the final cut or when you get to see it in front of an audience. So what was that part of it like for you? Oh, that was that was amazing. Like I, it was it was so like because, you know, I had just gotten back from Georgia literally the day before after being two months living in a hotel working on a film. I was exhausted. And I, but I was like, I have to go. I got to go. I can't not go, you know? And, um, and Dennis was supposed to come and he got sick. So I was going to be rolling solo. I I knew a couple of people that live out in San Diego now, so they were going to come out, but that was it. So I was like, I'm just going. So the opportunity, what I wanted was the opportunity to see it with an audience of of people that didn't know me. That was the whole thing. So that's all I want. I just want to see an honest reaction for people that don't know me. And I got that times a thousand because not only was your audience, it was a big audience and it was packed, packed. you know, it was packed and the screen was huge and it looked amazing and it sounded even better. And, and the reactions were more than I could have hoped for. Like I almost cried. I was like, when, when, when the, uh, when the, when we, we first kicked the door down and everyone just started cheering. I was just like, oh man, this is working. It was just, it was awesome. And then everyone was laughing and clapping and uh, it was the best feeling ever. And I was really bummed that no one else from our crew could have been a part of that, especially Dennis. He would have loved it because uh, it's really, you know, part of the reason you live for that. You live for people to have a, a great reaction to something that you've done, you know? One um, of the things, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Go ahead. No, 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 no I'm done. Uh, one of the things that I always kind of take a look at, especially with comedies, and when I when I get to watch my films in front of an audience, is catching things that um, you thought were just regular, but that the audience reacts to with like a laugh. Yeah. Did you did you catch any of that? That was there any like reactions that surprised you besides the door kicking in, sort of that moment? But the the, the thing about that audience is that everybody it was very communal and it was everybody was very engaged, like. From the minute people were like hooping and hollering when the screen would like expand. <laughs> yeah. Like, ooh, like, was, ah, yeah. Yeah. ooh. That was hilarious. Wide screen. It was a truly, <laughs> it was a very communal experience. Yeah. You know, it was a I mean? great honor. I mean, that's what that's what's great about film festivals in general, though. They're yeah, usually yeah. full of people that want to watch films, that love films. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, but were you were you surprised by any reaction, or have you been surprised by something that happened that you didn't necessarily think was a joke, but that people thought was funny or anything like that? Not, not, not in that audience, except for the door crashing down. Um, and that audience, everyone seemed to kind of laugh at all the parts that I was hoping they'd laugh at. And um, I'm trying to think if there's anything surprised me. I can't remember. I was so elated just by the door crashing down. I think I was <laughs> riding that high for like the next couple of minutes. Right. Um, but I mean, there's been times with other people that have seen it, that have told, pointed things out where I've been like, really? So, um Yeah. Are you in talks about making this a, a show or a feature? Are there any talks about that? I mean, of course, we're always trying to push that. And we're tr- we've been we've we've gotten it in front of some actually some pretty big people who have enjoyed it. But you know how these things often go. They're like, oh, that's great. We're not really looking at something like that right now. But 
But, you know, if I think of somebody who would, you know, you get that kind of run around or, oh, hey, we're going to send it to so-and-so and and see what so-and-so says. Or, hey, I know someone who works at HBO. We're going to show it to them. And there's been a lot of that kind of run around, you know, and it's just it's like it's like with anything, you know, like it could be nothing. But it just takes that one right person, that one right person to go, oh, this is something, you know. I want to do something with it's just that one right person and i'm still just waiting for that one right person and it's also like the um the temperature of the of the of the what's going on in the world right now like what what is everybody into right now like you know and unfortunately you know the movie business runs in in, in trends and waves and and if you're not on it it doesn't matter how cool your thing is if people don't you know because i've had people tell me a million times over like this would be such a great show i would totally watch it i love it it's great um, but it doesn't matter if the zeitgeist isn't, isn't there, if they don't agree. So like, if everybody's like riding the wave of, you yeah. know, um, everybody right now is into things like, uh, the last of us and yeah. you know, Man- uh, Mandalorian like, and things like, like could that. You add, they're like, we love it, but could you add some horror? It yeah. needs some Pedro Pascal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or it needs, it needs some superhero powers or something. Yeah. You know, like, you know I, I don't know. But. Avengers is right there in the title, man. Come on. Yeah, I know. Well, that, yeah, I did right. that on purpose. I did that on purpose. I was like, I kept trying to think, what would they be? Chico and Rico, uh, uh, you know, a uh, uh, cre- uh, creature, you know, pet defenders. Pet, pet defenders, pet protectors. I was thinking of all these things I could say. And animal, animal Avengers just seemed right. I go, well, you know, it's two A's. So in the alphabet, it'll show up quicker and has Avengers in it. Maybe that'll. They are sort of superheroes, you know. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. they're they're. I, I I would love to hear um, or learn about you know their backstory. Like, did, did something happen in their formative years that gave them this sort of disability? There's a John you know, Wick situation you know, going on. Are they there. are they related to like Ace Ventura somehow? Where they get their their <laughs> pet powers? <laughs> You know, like you know, listen, we got it. We get a Jim Carrey. Listen, once you get that twelve episode deal, you 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 hit me up. I'll I'll direct like episode eight or nine, something you know, something in between major plot points. We'll we'll do like a backstory <laughs> episode. Yeah. Okay. You bring us in the room. We'll 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 figure that out. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. What um what uh what is the the ultimate goal in terms of like you know what, what if you had to pick sort of your role as a writer as an actor. A showrunner. What is? What do you think your your final form is in terms of uh, Hollywood? Oh man, that's a good question. You know, um, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. Uh, you know, ultimately, I, I think I'd like to be a, a creative producer. I think. I think at the end of the day, as I get older and more tired and sick of people's shit, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it'd be great to be the person that like. You know, helps develop the idea, has a creative idea, you know, for, you know, oversees a script, maybe even writes a draft, um, you know, uh, uh, picks, picks the directors with the projects, you know, and then oversees it and just kind of like, you know, um, um, like a showrunner, basically. I mean, yeah. Or, yeah. You know, or, or like, you know, uh, Spielberg to Zemeckis on Back to the Future, you know, um, Cause that kind of the, thing. At, you know, in, that, at, at the indie level, you know, obviously you know this at the indie level if you're the director you're creator you're also the producer you're also mm-hmm. the editor in a lot of cases and stuff yeah. like that yeah what i what i found a lot is and i've sort of fought back against this but i'm not doing it so much is that um you know because i've produced everything that we've made because i had to because we were the the producers directors we produced features etc short films and and somebody and i used to take it as an insult they're like oh you'd actually you'd be a really good just producer and i'd be like 
uh, but then I wouldn't get to to write and and say I wouldn't get to have the written I wouldn't get to have the written and directed by thing that that you know and things like that. So do you do you ever have to like sort of have a, have that conversation with yourself? I love doing these things, but my skill set or what I'm best at might be this. Um. Yeah, I mean, in the sense, in a sense, I think that what I really do best is um, being on set and and being a, a, a you know filmmaker. Uh, just you know, doing the the, the directing, the, the coming up with the ideas for shots, and and the you know that stuff. I think that's actually what I do best at because I I like editing. I'm a pretty good editor, but I don't love it. I enjoy it. Uh, it's when the movie comes to life, um, and sometimes I'll do side gigs just editing other movies for for money. Um, but I don't love that. Uh, what I love about it is you work from home, you make your own schedule. I mean, that's what I love about it. But um, and also you know see the movie come together, but. You know, it's technical and you got to like people are barking at you and it's kind of obnoxious sometimes. But um, uh, I think what I but I think as I get older and I let go of this idea that, you know, I have to have, you know, written and directed by on the screen all the time. Um, I feel like being able to have say in how the movie goes, but not have to be the one doing all the grunt work and then get to be up on the beach and people call me and go, Hey, was Aaron, probably, hey, just do this. And then I hang up and then, <laughs> yeah. you know, but that idea becomes more and more appealing to me as time goes on, you know, the, the, but I would be, I would be a, a nice uh, executive producer. I would be like a creative one. I'd be helpful. I'd want to, I want the movies to be good and I wouldn't want to be the way um, a lot of the people that I've had to deal with are where they don't care. It's just the bottom line, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think I answered your question, but like, I, I, I mean, I still want to make here. How about this, Luis? I still want to make one. I want to make at least one undeniably good movie. I want to make one really undeniably good movie. And when I say undeniably good, I mean, not everyone's going to like it because not everybody likes everything. But I just mean, it's just I did what I could and it's as good as it can be for what it's trying to be. And all the pieces are there. Cinematography, sound, music, acting, writing. All, it's all there. And people watch it and go, that was great. I would love to have one, one, you know? Um, Do you you have that in mind of what that one is going to be? I have a couple of ideas of what it could be, but I don't know. And it could be, it could be a feature version of Chico Rico. I mean, you know, it could be that it could be um, the series. It could be, uh, I have an idea for a werewolf movie. You know, I have an idea for Mm -hmm. a a Western, you know, Um, it could be one of those or, you know, so that's, you know what I would love to do before I leave that. Uh, what do you call it? Leave that category of mm-hmm. where I'm at. Um, then I'd feel good about getting old and dying. <laughs> <laughs> You're like then I'd be ready. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. I'm really excited to see where your career takes you. I feel like you. I mean, I, I did watch all your reels, and you are oh, incredibly cool. layered. Like you have a drama thriller, you have a comedy and action. It's like, you've done so much. Uh, One of the main questions is like, you do the fighting in this film and in all of your other films. It was so seamless and so good. Like, are you formally trained? Um, So yes, but not to the degree that say that Dennis and a lot of those other guys who are in the movies that you see, the stunt Mm -hmm. guys, those guys are like, they dedicated a big chunk of their lives to martial arts. So I don't want to take away and say I'm anywhere near where they're at. But 
since I was a kid, I have trained, I've done different styles. I've done Muay Thai, I've done karate, I've done jujitsu. Um, I've done boxing. Uh, I've dabbled in all of it, you know, throughout my life. And in times of my life, I was taking it pretty seriously, but not again, I was never dedicated discipline the way these other guys are. So I do have that background. That's why, you know, I can move, but, um, I certainly, I certainly can't do what like Dennis and those guys do, you know? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Were you a stunt guy at any point in your career? No, 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 no. I, <laughs> no. I, I don't even like falling on the ground. I'm like, oh, my back. Like you know? <laughs> paper cut. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done it, you know, for the movies I've done. I've had to do falls and rolls and I can do that stuff, but I, I don't. Nah, I'm not. Did you, did you make sure that none of the uh, none of the stunts that you had to do for this movie had you uh, do anything too crazy? <laughs> well, here's the thing. So uh, if you if you watch like the Rico style of fighting in the, in the short, um, it, it was born of two things, character and pain. So I have a chronic pinch nerve in my neck and it flares up every once in a while. And when it flares up, it's, it's really bad. So I had to come up with a fighting style that wouldn't aggravate that, but also would. So I decided, Oh, what if Rico has a very stoic kind of like, you know, staccato way of fighting to contrast Chico's very fluid, spinny, yeah. fancy, more dynamic for form of fighting. I mean, we could be a contrast and visually it would work. And then, so it was kind of born of that. So that's why um, Rico fights that way. So yes, I, I sort of designed it that I didn't have to like totally like hurt myself. However, in the feature script, uh, Rico gets the shit kicked out of him and has to take all kinds of falls and hits. So there's that. <laughs> But you're gonna you're gonna cast somebody for that, right? At, at that point, maybe. I mean, or do you want to still be like you could be like a mentor? It all depends. <laughs> it, it, it really all depends. I'm open to both. I've kind of like decided wherever fate takes us. If fate decides that there's another actor that would be better suited at the time we do it to do it for all kinds of reasons, I don't mind just being behind the camera. I really don't. But if for whatever song. reason it kind of flows <laughs> and it makes sense for me to do it, I'll do it. You know, I think it's a character. It's one of the few characters. I don't act anymore, but it's one of the few characters I would I would do it for. Yeah, you, you know? should. I like Dozirko. No, oh, thank you. Yeah, we, we don't want to. We don't want him to. Yeah. You know, throw his back out. <laughs> I got a few more Get years in me, dude. Double. We'll make it don't, work. It's don't write me off yet. I got a few no, more years. No, I'm just saying. You know. <laughs> Listen, uh, we are live here talking with uh, mm. Jose Montesinos of uh, Rico and Chico Animal Adventures. I put the link to the film in the chat. I will relink it as well uh, so that people can watch it. Make sure you guys go sub to uh, talk to me about Baby Llama. What is, where did that come from? Because as a, as a company, as our company is called 2AM Burrito, I, I am drawn to companies <laughs> with with weird names. Uh, as Alexandra joins us from Central America. Hi, Alexandra. Thank you for Hi, joining Ale. us. Hello. Big Burrito. I love that. Um, where, where did where did uh, Baby Lama come Right, two a.m. Yeah, it's a it's a time and a place. It's a San Diego thing. You know? No, I get it. I get it. after yeah. getting out of the club, you're hungry. Yeah. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so Baby Lama, that's a funny story. So uh, I got a I got a really old friend who I know actually from film school back in the early '90s, who I'm still friends with. Uh, his name is Miguel, and um, you know he used to tell me stories about growing up in the San Francisco in the hood when he was. You know, he was he's like a decade older than me. So he's a, a generation ahead. So he would tell me all the stories about like the Cholos and all that stuff. And um, they all had nicknames for each other. And um, his nickname was Big Time Emmett. He was Big Time because his father owned a butcher shop. So they'd call him, oh, you're Big Time Holmes. He's like, oh, I'm Big Time Emmett. 
you know, but he had a buddy named Baby Llama. And I don't know why he was called Baby Llama, but that was his buddy's name, Baby Llama. And I, I thought, oh my God, I love that, Baby Llama. And it just stuck with me through the years of like, one of these days I'm going to do something with Baby Llama, you know? And then when I decided to make an LLC, I went, what if I called it Baby Llama Pictures? That's awesome. Because it, it has a double meaning, right? It's like pictures of baby llamas, but it's baby llama pictures. So, um, and I love llamas and my father's Peruvian. It just made sense. Yeah. And so, uh, so that's kind of how that happened. So Peruano. Yeah. My father's Peruano. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Are you full there. Peruvian or? Uh... No, my father was from El Salvador. Ah, Salvadorian Peruvian. All right. Yeah. 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 What about, what about you? What about you guys? Full Mexican. In both? No. No, no. I'm, I'm Colombo Uruguayo, Colombia, Uruguay. Nice. Yeah. Uruguay. That's close yeah, to Peru. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I've, uh, my, my father was a musician and, well, sorry. Uh, so I've actually lived in Peru and traveled up and down from oh, no way. Uruguay to Colombia back when I was a young kid. <laughs> so I am familiar. Um, That's great. And also my, uh, my youth soccer team. Uh, when I was playing in Queens in New York in the '80s, was called Inca Peru because uh, we had Inca Cola as our as our sponsor. Nice. So, oh, I love I love me an Inca Cola. Yeah, yeah. That's a under, underrated. Uh, if you can find if you find yourself a nice cold Inca Cola, do that. There's actually okay. some there's actually some pretty good Peruvian restaurants in San Diego. Actually. Are there? Yeah, okay. there's a couple. There's a couple of really high-rated Peruvian restaurants. Next time you're in town, man, we're gonna. Have I just had just went to a Peruvian place called Puerto Twenty Seven in the Bay Area because um, I went to visit my family and stuff, and uh, I had ají de gallina. It was pretty good. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. We are live, guys, talking with Mr. Jose Montesinos. Uh, his film uh, Chico and Rico: Animal Avengers was a big hit at the festival this year. Make sure that you check out the link and check it out. Follow him. You can also follow him on Instagram. We tagged them in our post today, so you can go find him. Uh, baby llama pictures, et cetera, et cetera. Expecting big things coming yes. out of him in the in the coming years. Yeah. Um so Sophia, did you have anything else before we get to our bit with our guests? Uh ooh, we have a bracket bit. No, I think we can jump into it. We can jump. We 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 do. We do yeah. have a bracket Let's bit. Let's do it. All right. Uh, and then I think Rosa is going to be joining us in a little bit and then we'll let you go. We know we wanted to get out of here like around 8 p.m. Yeah, I can, I, yeah, I can I can hang for a little bit. You're if, good. Yeah. That, if, that's if, what the, if it goes a little over, I can go a little like maybe 8 15. Yeah, good. Good. That's, that's what we like to that's what we like to hear. <laughs> like to hear you can't I can't quit you. That's what the people say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me. But the, the thing about the bracket bit is I put it here somewhere. And what I, is that? What, do, what is a bracket bit? What are you guys oh, talking you're, about? Oh, you're going to know. You're gonna you will it. find out, Jose. All right, guys. Let me just. Let me. I have to go to our branding here. Give me one second. We're going to change the branding here. All right. Jose, we like to do something with our guests. Uh, Rosa is joining us in a couple of seconds. Actually, Rosa, let me see. We'll bring Rosa on while we're doing this, guys. Uh, Rosa Parra is our brand new um, entertainment correspondent. She is an Woo. official member of the Mi Gente Show crew. She is a movie reviewer. Um, she's a movie reviewer for yes. uh, Rotten Tomatoes. She, You can Ooh. find her on Twitter at Rosa Reviews, and you can find her on the Daily Chela doing reviews of films and doing all kinds of content. So before we get to our bracket bit with Jose, let's bring Rosa on. What's up, Rosa? Rosa. Hey. <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Rosa, did you get a chance? 
Did you get a chance to watch the film earlier today that we talked about? I did. Yes, I watched it a couple hours ago and and quite enjoyed it. Thank you so much for okay. <laughs> sending it over. So Jose, yeah, because Rosa is our official movie reviewer and entertainment, <laughs> Rosa will now give us a quick uh, review of your film live. Yeah. Oh no! Wow. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> take, wanna, take, take it away. Take, take, take it. Take it away, Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> oh my the pressure now uh, yeah. you know what uh, if i'm being completely honest which i always am i ended the film thinking jose should be directing the prequels to the john wick franchise we just saw yeah. a <laughs> we just saw a, a trailer for like the continental and all that and yeah we know we're gonna get other franchises out there that are gonna be in the same world as john wick oh my, this is wonderfully directed all these Thank action you. sequences are great uh definitely like top tier level so i'm like you know what i i can see him directing one of those uh sequel uh prequels or, or whatever they decide to make so that that that's my 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 go. two cents <laughs> wow, well, hey, yeah. thank you thank you so much that's i uh, really appreciate that's, that that's uh like you know, like Nick Cage would say, that's high praise. That's high praise. <laughs> that's, that's, that's high praise. Don't silence me, haircut. All right. Um, all right. Uh thank you. thank you, Rosa, for stopping my no, no. Bye, Rosa. No, I'm just kidding. Rosa's gonna be hanging around with us. Yeah, yeah, yes, the one. Rosa's gonna be hanging around with us, but Rosa, you're just in time because we're about to put Mr. Jose through something that we like to call. Wait for it. That is right. The bracket bit. It is what did time. I just see? You have no idea. Well, I, I wanted to make a bit called the bracket bit, and I told my friend that I needed a song for it. And he's like, what, is he, what do you want it to sound like? So I recorded that in one take, and I sent it off, and that's what they gave me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing it. The bracket bit is something, it's a, it's a, it's a tournament bracket where I'm going to give you two choices, and you give me one that moves on to the next round. So it's basically like the NCAA. Um, for you, since you made a movie that blends action and it also has a lot of western influences your bracket bit is going to be westerns versus fight movies so i'm going to give you two different films one of them will be a western one of them is going to be a fight kung fu or action movie and you tell me which one moves on to the next round now you can pick whichever one's your favorite whichever one you'd like to direct the remake of or whatever all that we ask you is that you try to keep the same um the same methodology throughout the entire bracket. All right, you ready? Well, that's a, that, okay. Okay, okay. My head just exploded. All right, My, yeah. mind blown. I'm going to give you two things. You tell me which one moves on. All right, you ready? All right. Yep. All right. We got Unforgiven, or we got the Born trilogy. Oh, Unforgiven. All right, Unforgiven. We got Rio Bravo or Raging Bull. Got to go with Raging Bull. We have Dead Man or Karate Kid. Ooh. Uh, karate kid and if you ever and we didn't talk a lot about movies or influences so if one of these films that we're talking about is like you know that you'd like to expand on this is a time when you can when you can say whatever you want 
Okay. okay, well, no, Karate Kid is just like, you know, I mean, how can you, Karate Kid is just a staple of my childhood. It's iconic, you know? Yeah, you yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We got the outlaw Josie Wales or Rocky. Oh, you're killing me, man. Um, this is uh, where I remind you that the bracket bit is created to cause maximum pain. Yes, it's doing a good job. Uh, I gotta, I gotta go Rocky because again, just like childhood influence. Outlaw Josie Wales, a classic, a classic. It is. I love that movie, but Rocky is just that's just my life has got so much of Rocky tied up into it. All right, Legends of the Fall or Warrior? Uh, huh. Warrior is the one with Tom Hardy, yeah. Yeah. Um. Ooh, that's you know that's an interesting choice because uh, I really like Nick Nolte in that movie, um, but Legends of the Fall was really epic, grand scale, uh, very grand scale. scale, yeah, and it was dramatic and it was like a, it was, it was kind of like a drama western. It was uh, you know it was it was you know Brad Pitt's hair was yeah I epic, mean, you know um, peak, peak Brad Pitt at his dreamiest. It's true, it's true. I, I have to say Legends of the Fall. That's got Anthony Hopkins in it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. no wrong choices there. Red River or The Wrestler? The Wrestler. Tombstone or IP Man? Oh, Ip Man. Ip Man's cool. That's Donnie Yen. Uh, I got to go with Tombstone, though. That's more part of my youth. All right. We got The Raid or High Noon. Oh. You know, I'm going to go with the raid because with the even though like I have problems with that movie, but what the raid managed to do for martial arts cinema in the American, you know, uh, culture mm-hmm. was very very helpful. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know what I, I would put in here is the is the um, that I is is the um, the scene from um, damn it, I forgot the movie right now. Uh, Spike Lee remade it, and he shouldn't have. Oh, uh, uh, old boy. Old boy, the original old boy, the 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 original that those those fighting scenes were, were actually pretty. Oh pretty yeah, that's yeah. Oh man, that, that changed my life. That's a, that's a sequence. All right, we got True Grit, the original and the remake playing together, or Rumble in the Bronx. Oh, oh that's tough because Rumble in the Bronx was Jackie Chan's first movie here in America, and that that meant a lot back when it happened. Oh. But but the True Grit, old and new, I mean, they're just classic Western stories that are both great in their own way, uh, both versions. Um, but I'm going to go with Rumble in the Bronx because I think that had more of a direct effect on my life. Magnificent Seven or Enter the Dragon? Enter the Dragon. I was a huge Bruce Lee fan when I was a kid and I was obsessed with that movie. 310 to Yuma or Legend of Drunken Master? Uh, so I don't know which one Dennis would pick, but I got to do 310 to Yuma because that's one of my favorite Westerns. Drunken Master is such a classic, though. It is, but three ten to Yuma is dope as hell. Uh, it's just it's such a great. <laughs> you already got you already got some Jackie Chan up here, but that yeah. was new Jackie Chan versus classic Chan. So. Oh, I got I got Jackie Chan and Enter the Dragon. Right. The good, the bad, and the ugly, or never back down. Oh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, thousand percent. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, or The Matrix. Uh, you know, given how The Matrix changed a lot for when I was coming up in the world of movies, I got to go with the matrix Shane or kill bill. I got to go with kill bill. Uh, that, that had more of an influence on me than Shane. The searchers or crouching tiger, hidden dragon, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Again, that, that, that had a big influence on, on, uh, movies and and martial arts were depicted. And closing out the first round, the wild bunch or creed. Oh, Wow, that's an. What? How do you pick 
<laughs> your 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 choices is such an odd combo. Um, uh, yeah, well, the Wild Bunch. I just it's just so much more of a classic, iconic movie. I like Creed. The first Creed's actually pretty good. Oh man, the first um, Creed is, is yeah, yeah. The first Creed is so good. I had yeah. a, I had to immediately watch it again after watching Creed three. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen Creed three. Is that, is that it's it's okay? It's it's good. It's got, it's 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 different, but it makes you want to watch Creed one again. Right. Uh, all right, <laughs> moving on, moving on. The, moving on. Uh, Unforgiven or Raging Bull? Oh, we have to narrow this down. Yeah, yeah there will there can only be one. There can only be one. This, this is, is an interesting exercise, Luis. You're gonna have to is, explain to me what your purpose is with it when we're done here. Alexandra it's the top was Alexandra. Yes. It's got yes. yeah yeah. It's this very is, it's this yes, it's go- painful. The goal of the bracket bit is to cause maximum pain. You are the rat <laughs> of my maze. I create it. You solve it. It feeds my evil loose side. Okay. And it's All entertaining right. as hell. That's entertaining. Okay. All right. We got Unforgiven and Raging Bull. I got to go Unforgiven. That's classic. Classic karate kid. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. It, and I mean, it's my favorite western for sure. Clint Eastwood has to make the top four somehow. Karate yeah. Kid or Rocky? Oh, oh, that's hard. You said both of these were because of your youth. Yes. That oh. I can't. I mean, they can't. I just can't. I guess if I'm going to say that one movie had more, like when I think about, like sometimes when I'm going through a really tough time, I go back and I watch the scene. Is it round fourteen of Rocky? Mm-hmm. Is that the scene where he like gets knocked down and you think he's out, but then he gets back up and Creed is like, fuck, you got back up. Is it for, when, it, you know, it like that, <laughs> that gets me still. So based on but I love Cobra Kai and I love Karate Kid, but based on that alone, I got to go with Rocky. All right. Let me ask you this. This is side question here. They're both directed if, by the same person, by the way, John G. Alberton. Oh, if you're, if you're looking at if you're looking at Rocky and you have the entire Rocky franchise, including uh, including the Creed, or you're looking at Karate Kid and you're including Cobra Kai and all the sequels as a franchise, if you had to if you if you got if you had a chance to direct an episode in a new in a new series based on one of those, which one would you take? Oh. I mean, I've always thought that I would be a great director for Cobra Kai. Yeah. So, so you go with the Cardi Kid. So right. Rocky Rocky wins, but if you had a if you had a if you got a if you had to go work on one, it probably I think Rocky's done. I think you should leave Rocky alone. Although you could do you could do more with the Cobra Kai world. So okay. uh, yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. yeah. All right, Legends of the Fall or The Wrestler? Um The Wrestler. I think that's a powerful film. Tombstone or The Raid? Tombstone. Uh you know, I, I Val Kilmer. Have you Sophia, have you seen Tombstone? No, I have not. Yeah, I gonna, Sorry. You, you wow. got to watch it. You Adding watch it to that, my list as we Watch speak. that and you got to watch Unforgiven. Why okay. is my friend? Yeah. Unforgiven and Tombstone? Yes. All I, right. Most people go with the I'm your Huckleberry, but I like that other. I like Why Earp is my friend. I love that. Yeah. 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 Bill Kilmer's a fucking beast in that movie. Oh, he's uh, so amazing. Rumble in the Bronx or Enter the Dragon? Enter the Dragon. No hesitation. Enter the no Dragon. Right. 310 to Yuma or The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly? Oh, that's a fucking tough one. That's tough because, you know, everyone would say you got to pick Good, Bad, and The Ugly because it's classic and the theme and the, and the influential. Well, listen, and, a lot of people but, would, a lot, a lot of people in this, in seeing your movies, they would be like, how did, uh, how did, whatchamacallit, um, 
Shane not not make it through or something or the Wild Bunch, you know, because you have a lot of a ton of Western influence, obviously. The Wild Bunch did make it through. Um, I'm just saying, uh, like, in terms um, of like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. Um, yeah, uh, Josie Wales. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's it's a tough choice because I but but those are two Westerns, though. And I think I'm going to pick 310 to Yuma because it's more, if I was going to make a movie, it probably would be more like that than it would be like, good than that. well, I don't know. I don't know. I just, that ending in 310 to Yuma, uh, you've seen it, obviously, Luis, yeah? yeah. <laughs> uh, that ending, you know, that final shootout with, the, with just the sound of the train going, shroom, 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 shroom. It's so it's a uh, classic. You can't make it. You can't make a choice. I would yeah. say the good, the bad and the ugly is one of the most iconic scores of all time, obviously. So that's really that's, that's kind of what it has going for it. But three to the Yuma is, a, is another, you know, two Westerns. What are you going to do? All right. We yeah. got two fight movies here. We got The Matrix and Kill Bill. I think for my money, I'm going to go with Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Because that's more of like more, more my speed, just like the way he blended all those things. I thought was really cool. Tarantino gets one through. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or The Wild Bunch? Uh, uh, I'm going to go with The Wild Bunch. All right, it only gets more painful here. We're down to our final eight. We got Unforgiven or Rocky? Oh, for fuck's sake. This could be the final based on what I've been hearing from you so far. If we're going to go with movie that I just have the utmost... I mean, I, like I have, a, I, have a, I have a DVD tower. And on that DVD tower, movies that I, are, I, I see are the most is my favorites, most rewatchable. Both Rocky and Unforgiven are in that DVD town. Um, uh, I yeah, well then that negates what I usually tell people is like if I usually ask them like, well, okay, if you had to go watch a movie right now after this podcast, you had to go watch a movie with somebody, which one would you pop in? But you might do both back to back. I would. <laughs> I would do both. I would do both. Um, God damn it. Uh I can't, I can't do it, man. It's like asking me to pick one of my favorite children, you know, like I, I can't. You can always ask Sophia and Rosa for their opinions as well. They're here. Can you I? Know, yeah, I don't know I how much help I can be on this one, but I'll try. Try my best. But you haven't seen Unforgiven, so how can Sophia no, give I an opinion? So no, Ro- I can't. Rosa, I can only do you have an opinion on, on these two films? I have an opinion on you. You're so evil. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank we're you, all Rosa. That. We all agree I'm trying that. not to smile. Whenever somebody cringes, I'm like, mm, don't smile yeah. too much. <laughs> Rosa, do you have a, an opinion on Rocky versus, I mean, uh, Rocky versus Unforgiven? Oh, man. I mean, I've seen both films. Uh, it's been a while, though. Um, I, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, see, it's hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't, I think a lot has to do with whatever genre you prefer at I the like end of you, the day. You know what I would, t- what, what my yeah. perspective it would be the thing about Rocky that would put it over the top for me is how it was made and Sylvester's story of getting Rocky made because it, at its core Unforgiven was a movie that you that that a Hollywood star was able to make exactly the way they wanted because they were a Hollywood star and Rocky was a, was made by somebody who was sure. breaking into the industry it was an underdog story and, in every sense of the in, in every, in every sense, sense of, of the word. word yeah 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 I know you're right about that the thing about Unforgiven the way I look at it is like if I was going to want to make one of those movies I would have wanted to make Unforgiven um but um but you know what no let's go with your thing let's go with your thing let's go with rocky the underdog story yeah let's go we're going going with rocky right let's finish this up the wrestler or tombstone man that's not wow you just uh, tombstone (laughs) tombstone 
Tombstone. All right. Tombstone's an awesome movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just cool. Like what it did. Yeah. And just, it's like I said, Val Kilmer alone, like, you know, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where Hollywood made two of the same movie and this one was the, the clearly superior one because there's, there's also the Wired Earp movie that was not yeah. as, not nearly as good. Okay, you can no. watch it, but it's not it's not as good. All right, Enter the Dragon or 310 to Yuma? 310 to Yuma. Kill Bill or The Wild Bunch? No, no, 310 to Yuma, I said. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I was doing it for myself. Yeah. Uh, Kill Bill or The Wild Bunch? Kill Bill. All right, and then we get to our final four. We're talking with Jose Montesinos, Chico and Rico Animal Avengers. You can watch the movie. Check the link in the description of the show. You can also see it in the comment section. I linked it below. Keep an eye out for this guy. He's doing a lot of cool stuff in Hollywood. Hopefully, we can get this movie made so yeah. Sophia, Sophia can pay... <laughs> Uh, I think Sophia would play a, a great animal abuser. She she's got the face. Why? Right? Shut up. She looks My like a lady. She's a she was a lady that 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 gets shelter dogs and then abuses in her house and then you guys have to go like beat her up or something. Yeah, yeah. No? I mean, no? no, she looks more mean, like a mean girl. No, she looks more like the lady who just puts uh, turtleneck sweaters on her dogs and they're too tight. I oh yeah, yeah. and I the dogs don't like it. And they're complaining to Rico that these sweaters are too tight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> write it up. Please write it. I will be that lady. We'll get it. We'll get it. All right. We got the final four. We're putting uh, Jose through the, through the bracket bit pain. This Almost is there. torture. All right. We got the final four. It's not going to be an easy one, but we got Rocky and we got tombstone. Got to go Rocky. Yeah. We spent a lot of time arguing for Rocky. Rocky's a classic in this three ten or kill bill three ten. All right. And that leaves us the inevitable. Yeah. This is an easy choice. Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I fear the final for Rocky was right here against yeah. Unforgiven. Yeah. Once you because once people start talking, I I just I just I just go from I just put all the movies that are the best in my mind and I, I look at lists and I see top fighting movies time, and then I add a couple here and there and I mix it up. Um, but like I said, it's just it's it's just a, it's just a sort of play with people and, and just see where their where their emotion takes them based of like genre and emotion. So you did a great job, man, getting through that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Yes. Well, that was interesting. Wow. Another successful bracket bit excursion. Rosa's been through it yep. twice. Sophia's been through it. Alexandra's been through it. Yeah. So it happens. We we like to do it. Well, uh, Jose. Um, we're going to be moving on to other topics and stuff. I know you, you had an extra couple of 15 minutes that you could have hung out with us. So though, I do want to thank you again for, um, taking the time to talk to us about, uh, yeah. your film, uh, yes. about thank your you life guys. and your thoughts on Simina. You're always welcome to come by. If you just want to come hang out, just let us know when we'll book you to come on. Um, mm -hmm. but keep an eye out, go watch the movie, keep up with them, follow them. You can, we tag them in all our social media yeah. posts. So make sure you guys are following. Yeah. Them yeah. Please spread the word, uh, share the, share the link to Chico Rico. The more people that see it, the better chance we have of getting it made. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, man. It. Give it a Thank rating, give it a time. like, all that good stuff. So wait, so now you guys go on and do what you guys talk about? Like, well, Rosa's here to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, the HBO Max thing. We're going to talk about the JLo trailer and we're going to just basically react to news and culture. So you're welcome to hang out if you don't got nothing to do, man. But oh, no, I, I do got to go. I was yeah, yeah, but it, yeah. yeah, yeah. We do the interview and now we're just going to be live streaming react. Andy's here talking cool. about stuff mm -hmm. and, and, and podcasting. So yeah. fun. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for having me on. This is actually a really cool thing you guys are doing. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, that was fun. I mean, it was thank you so much. <laughs> appreciate it was it, it was you. a pleasure you meeting you at the festival this year man yes thank you so much for having me i'm telling you it was one of the best experiences i've had so thank All you right. hopefully we'll get to work with you sometime and uh, you have a great rest of your evening man yes thank you guys see you soon mm -hmm. All right. bye bye all right
That was Jose Montesino. That was Jose Montesinos with an S. Montesinos. 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 Like, like vecinos. Uh-huh. What's up, Rosa? What's new in the world of entertainment today? Uh, I don't know how you get guests on here after you torture them. <laughs> <laughs> he will never be seen again. He's just like, fuck these people. <laughs> you want me to do what? You want me to pick what? Uh, yeah, it says the one that's been through it several yeah. times. And yeah, yet. several here times. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a kiss, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I, like, I like people that are like, oh no, not another Bracken, man. No. What? Yeah. <laughs> 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 don't, don't put me through that. It's too painful. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about uh, entertainment news here with Rosa. The big story for me in the entertainment world, which is what everybody has been sort of been talking about on Twitter, is the HBO, because everybody remembers HBO, right? We grew up with HBO. It's not TV, it's HBO. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. been recognized as the, it is the standard for prestige television, in my opinion. Uh, From The Sopranos to, uh, you know, name a TV show that's iconic, you know, except for like John from Cincinnati. Um, There's, but you know, True Blood, Right. What other uh, HBO shows like there's so many HBO shows that that The Wire, um, all these shows that were iconic, you know, like what's everybody's favorite HBO show in the chat if you're watching. Um, And it becomes this iconic thing. Then they do HBO Max, HBO Plus, where you can they're they're releasing other shows. Um, They also have talk shows, Chris Rock show, the uh, late uh, last week tonight. Basically, it's a brand. It was the brand in cable TV. It's iconic. The HBO logo is iconic. Um, and then they, they, these streaming wars come. It merges with uh, Game of Thrones. Thank you, Melo. Um, it merges with uh, Cinemax and these other companies, Discovery. And they're like, all right, we're going to enter the streamer wars. We have one of the most recognizable names in television history, Succession. Um what should we name? Everybody knows HBO. What should we name our streaming service? <laughs> and they went with fucking Max. They yeah. went with the most generic, corporately, unorganically created, algorithm-related name you could possibly come up with. It's it's the best of everything. It's the Max. You could almost see the fucking guy pitching it, the person that pitched it in front of them. Let's just call it Max because it's the Max. Rosa, your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was HBO Go. It was HBO other things before it was HBO Max, right? Rosa, back me up. Yeah, it was HBO Go, HBO Now, just HBO. And right. everything was streaming on all three platforms at the same time. I had no idea. I think I had all three apps at once. Yeah, um, me too. Absolutely. <laughs> and I generally did not know uh, the difference outside of the name. So, you know what? I'm a, I am may be under um, on the unpopular side of things. I okay. generally don't think I know a lot of people are making a big deal out of the name. Uh, just Max. And, 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 and I understand how I'm taking the HBO aspect out of it can be confusing um, <laughs> to some people. But 
gen honestly, I don't think it's gonna make that much of a difference. Um, I'm not gonna stop watching uh, Game of Thrones or the other prequels because of the name of of, of the app. Um, I, I, it's just in my eyes, it's just the brand name. There's really no um big deal. But again, this is just me. I know, I know, a lot of people feel extremely differently, and if 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 that, a lot of people feel very very aggressively about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've seen a couple a couple of clips of people just losing their mind and just oh. expressing their their disagreement towards it. I, I get it. Um but I, I don't I, now, now I'm curious though because does this I don't know. I, that's the bad the bad thing I about not um knowing a lot about the financials and the business side of things and the branding of, of, of things. Um, but I don't know, with, with the change of the brand name of the app, does this mean like we still get a chance to get back girl out or no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. Can, can we, can you release, can we release Batgirl on Max? Right, it's or not on, on HBO Plus. Max. It's on Max now. It's on Max, and and they and they uh, listen. People were clouding them because, like I said, HBO is synonymous with prestige television, and mm. Cinemax is like synonymous with Skinemax. Yeah, and like late night movies and crappy movies that they were able to afford. So, from a branding perspective, from a singular, let's just pick one name and. HBO is too unique. Max is more of a generic word. You know, I can understand where they're coming from, but from a from prestige standpoint, from a killing off a, a brand perspective, it is horrible. I mean, I think HBO is still going to survive as like HBO Pictures or whatever, and there's still going to be the HBO cable channel. But hmm. it, is, it is it is a bit weird. I think the internet goes a little crazy because it needed somebody to attack. It was it needed, and it, Twitter needed the villain of the day. You know, that's, that's the rule of the internet. Don't be that day's villain. Um, so I think they got clowned on, but you're right. It's not going to really change that much of anything. You know, we're still going to watch it. We're still going to watch Game of Thrones. We're still going to watch the prequels. We're still going to have the reds, the greens versus blacks debates here with Rosa. So <laughs> it's not going to be, it's not going to change much. Uh, Sophia, anything, anything to add on that part for you? No, I just, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of indifferent about it uh, just because it was weird. It kept changing its name. HBO Go, HBO, all that. And then all of a sudden we have HBO Max and now it's just Max. I think they probably realized the problem is the HBO part. Right, which is weird. I don't know. It's weird, but, you know, what are you going to do? Branding, am I right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and they're also going to have uh, ad. They're going to have like an ad version for like eight ninety nine. They're going to have an ad free version for fourteen ninety nine, and they're going to have a supreme or like what is it like a super special ad free for like nineteen ninety nine. So there's there's ad there's ad there's ad free, and then there's super ad free. So you're paying eight ninety nine for ads. That's the weird part. You're going to pay eight ninety nine, and you're going to get ads. Oh no! Yeah, uh, prices uh, are going to go up on every platform, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a platform, and then eventually, what will happen is there'll be a deal in like four years. Merger. They'll reunite, and then they'll just give us cable again. <laughs> It'll be like <laughs> no, one hundred percent. It's going to be like oh, it's the Ultramax where you get the best of Netflix and Hulu and yeah. all in one. And I'm like a bundle. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like oh, like cable? You mean? <laughs> 
<laughs> They're gonna call it cable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, um, Rosa. What else is happening this week? Uh, the we were we were going to talk about the the new J Lo trailer just dropped. Your thoughts? Yeah, I saw that they Netflix had released the trailer. Uh, it's called uh, for the movie The Mother. It's going to be releasing on Mother's Day. Of course, it is. Um, yeah. And okay, there, there's a couple of people, a couple of actors, just whose sole name just instantly make me interested in the in in watching any film. Obviously, J Lo's not one of them, but. <laughs> um, Gael Garcia Bernal is. So when I saw his name attached to this project, I was like, oh, okay, why is he in this? And and, and what, what what's going on here? So I saw the trailer. I mean, J-Lo looks, not only does she look incredible, but she looks like a complete badass here, just kicking ass and just just killing it pretty much literally and figuratively um so the trailer looked very interested now i'm very much looking forward to watching um this film and it appears that gael garcia bernal is going to be the villain um in the movie i don't know if it has to i don't know if he's going to be like a, a, i don't know if it was a narco i don't know he had this demeanor of being like either um the leader of a gang or, or something like that but uh, it's still, it's Gael. I don't think that man can do anything wrong. So. No, he can do no wrong. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> he can do anything, you know. He can just stand there and, like, I'll stare at the camera. And I'll be like, oh, yeah. this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just know, read out a book or something. And I'll just be, like, entertained. He should do that. Audible? Oh, say. One of the One of the things that I... Um, that that we were thinking about um here well actually it, it's interesting that, that you said that because before i decided to do a bracket bit with our guests from earlier i was actually going to do a top j-lo movie bracket bit with you rosa so you you got you got you got saved you got saved <laughs> i was about to do that because i was like oh we're going to talk about the j-lo trailer we should do uh what the what uh, rosa's favorite j-lo movies would be i mean it would be probably pretty clearly selena right um her favorite film no, your favorite. Your favorite. Yeah, J-Lo. my. I'm sorry, my favorite J Lo film. Uh, uh, no, it would. I think it would actually be Hustlers. Okay. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. like that performance uh, slightly better than Selena. Than Selena. Mm, okay. Yeah. What about you, Sophia? What's your favorite J Lo? Oh, oh, that's hard. That's hard. Favorite J Lo. Ah, don't put me. Uh, I all I can think of right now is Hustlers as well because that's the latest, and it was just her at her like like boss bitch peak. So, uh, mm-hmm. but the I do cell was badass. The cell was badass. I'm not gonna lie. Badass. Yeah, I don't know. She's so good. Let me let me pull up Prime DB. I'll get back. To <laughs> <laughs> you know what? She she's got a pretty lengthy filmography. She really does. Yeah, she has to land that. Enough, you know, where she's the yeah. she's right, you know, any music planner. video, uh, violence, yeah, any Anaco- music video circa oh, the Mark made, Anthony days, made in Manhattan, uh, Anaconda, mm-hmm. you know, I remember her as a fly girl from In Living Color, obviously. Uh, so yeah, she's got a nice, she's got a nice philosophy. The mother looks good, she looks, she looks yeah. badass in it. I'm looking forward to that, yeah. Um, and then one of the other things that we had talked about, Rosa, was what uh, was the uh. The fetish, fetish, fetishizing. Mm-hmm. One of our, well, I mean, Pedro Pascal. 
fetishization of Pedro Pascal. Uh, basically, um, I'm trying to pull up this bit here, uh, but there was a interview that he did um, where, you know, it's like the new thing with him. Like he's such a thirst trap that people were coming up to him and making him read tweets that people had written about him that were basically just, you know, sexy, right? You know, like, mm-hmm. and and there's at one point, and I think I had it as a tab a while ago, where this interviewer comes up to him and says, could you read this out? And it was something like, you know, Pedro Pascal is daddy's stand on my neck type deal, right? And he mm-hmm. took a look at it and he was like, no, I'm, I'm not reading this, you know? So uh, there's this, there was an article written a couple of days ago, again, about, you know, like, People do with, uh, you know, Asian actresses or things like that. You know, the the hot Latino male. You know, I've been through it. I understand it. Um, <laughs> oh, but, okay. you know, Pedro probably gets it on a higher level. Um, <laughs> but Rosa, uh-huh. you know, can you, you do you want to expand a little bit about that? Well, how, what are your thoughts on this subject? Yeah, I, I think the article was uh, interesting and I'm slightly conflicted on it porque from from one side I understand how it can be um it, it can go to such extent that yeah it, it, it crosses boundaries and it goes to yeah people approaching him and him thinking he's going to be interviewed and he wants to promote whatever he's working on. And then people are just going to be asking him to uh, read these tweets or, or, or to say something just to, to catch yeah. it. And I understand how that can be um, uncomfortable for him and how that definitely distract us uh, from the great actor that he is. I think he definitely has some decent acting shops and, and, um, but I'm conflicted in the, in the sense that I had the opportunity to read the whole article. And, um, I think it was written by, um, a, a friend of mine and, and I love her and everything, but Aiko, right? Aiko wrote that? Aiko, yeah. And she, she talks a lot about how, yeah, how this further, um, enhances the stereotype of, of Latin men and, and, and so on and so forth. And true. Um, I, I can see that. But it also talks about, uh, it makes a lot of uh, references to race, which is something that kind of threw me off, yeah, stating that um, a lot of white women are the ones that are that are making these comments or asking them these questions and so on and so forth. I'm like, hey, us brownies, we're doing it too. Yeah. Um, we, we, yeah. we should all be taking a little bit more accountability for all of this. We were, we're perhaps like in, in like incentivizing it and to some extent. So yeah. don't just like hyper-focus it on, on, on one specific race because it's a broad general, like it's many of us. It's not just, and I, I mean, real. yeah, 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 yeah. And, and of course I, 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 I don't, I, admit that I, I can do that i mean i do it a little bit more with oscar isaac yeah. um but i can understand how but at the same time if i were to meet them that's not what i'm going to be asking them as mm-hmm. much as i want to um you have to be professional you have to keep that level of professional uh, professionalism especially if you're interviewing them I and mean, if you're talking about um about about their work so in that sense the article certainly did hit a lot of points that i uh, i did agree with um but 
deflecting it just to a specific group of women. I'm like, right. no, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a lot of us out there. Uh, so yeah. let's let's just take some accountability and mm-hmm. and and try to, yeah, yeah, bring attention to this. Pero tampoco be like, oh yeah, now everybody's doing this. Perhaps we that's were like, once that started. Yeah, that's, that's like me saying. I'm tired of people thirsting after Anna de Armas. Leave her alone. Yeah. yeah. No, I can't. I can't. I can't say that. All these white dudes thirsting after Anna de Armas. Stop it. No, and then no need to make it a racial issue also, because then we also don't want to, you know, necessarily be the desexualized. Like if we're going to go about race, you don't want to over-sexualize people, but you also, you know, if they're hot, you should be able to comment on it. You know, white guys get it too. Everyone, everyone gets the thirst. Mm-hmm. when you're a celebrity to a certain extent um so i don't know the whole fo- uh, the whole focusing on like white women are it's kind of, i don't know it just it seems odd to me i feel like everyone is doing it and we should all just be professional if you ever meet them don't be disrespectful you know the guy's mm-hmm. hot like i'll play, get I'll over play it. the clip just to give us a little context okay yeah please At this point, he's like, "Eh, no." <laughs> mm-hmm. for, en- for your enjoyment only. Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> he's like, but see, that's fine. I feel like, okay, that was not mean at all. I'm sorry, but he said no. She was like, "Okay, thank you." Like, what? There's a whole segment in what is it, Jimmy Kimmel or whatever, was like reading thirst tweets. Yeah. Or reading mean comments, like you know, it's a segment. People do this. I don't know. Entertainment interviews are weird. Yeah, I understand, but you know, it does. It is. It is. It is like, like, like Rosa said. In my opinion, you're there to promote. Yes, you can have a little fun. Like we've all seen. There's been an uptick in cringe interview red carpet. I think recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know, if you agree, I mean, there's been a couple. Like uh, I know that they interviewed that guy from Euphoria, and there was like a cringe interview of him. There's, there's either been, there's either people that are like super media trained on both sides. You know, and that always know how to answer and then know how to ask questions. And not everybody is as talented a question asker as myself and Sophia, <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, you know, um, but but it's also there's a lot of people out there that are interviewing people because they have followers and because yeah. they have, you know, yes. because of their Instagram or TikTok counts and not necessarily because of their skill or understanding so the more you get at that, you're going to have more awkward kind of cringe moments like that. So I think it's cringe. And and yeah, it speaks to maybe a bigger issue of fetishizing, you know, fetishization. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but also, let's not freak out about it. Can we agree? Yeah, I think so, too. And then also, like, I think that fetishization is a problem when it belittles and dehumanizes the person's talent. <laughs> but sorry, but um, I, I went to college. I can. Say I went it. to college. I um, <laughs> but I think I, and and devil's advocate here. I don't think it's what's happening here. I think he's an incredibly talented actor, and he is getting his roses as well. You know, as well as being fetishized and thirst trapped. Um, but I don't think it's like a severe case as Salma Hayek in the early two thousands, late nineties, where it was literally like no, everyone was just like boobs, Salma. Like they, no one talked about her acting. No one thought like, you know, she was just cast to be the hot Latina. You know, he's actually getting to, you know, flex his muscles and he's a great actor and kudos to him. So look, he yeah. gets to be, he gets to be in the Mandalorian and he doesn't even yeah. have to show, he doesn't even have to show up on set. 
Exactly. He, Teddy. he doesn't, he's never taking his mask off again. Yeah. All he's, all he has to do is go in like for like probably like two, three days, do the voiceover work. And he's yeah. on like two hitch TV shows at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, maybe don't over fetishize the guy, but at the same time, I think, you know, I don't know. Well, I don't know what point I'm making. <laughs> he's hot he's talented good for him i don't is know it, is, is it still the is it still the um the um the, the cold medicine talking or is that still you uh, <laughs> no that's, that's <laughs> just that's just me at this point sorry uh they try to trap them with the lgbtq questions so right there on the spot they could potentially lose a large percent of the virus of the hazard. sometimes Ooh, they what do what was the question no no in terms of like for celebrities where they try to trap them with kind of gotcha questions and stuff. Yeah. Like what do you think about trans rights or like something like that? That immediately is like a, Oh, if I say yes or no, I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. And one more thing we wanted to talk to Rosa about, which was her tweet that I responded to, which uh, (laughs) was. What she say now? Ooh, Rosa got spicy. No, I know. There was a, these happen on Twitter once in a while where there'll be a list of directors and then people will copy and paste it and add their favorite film by that specific mm-hmm. director. There was another one coming around and most of the directors were all white, all white, all white. Um, so we, uh, Rosa uh, made her own tweet thread, which was basically uh, she picked, um, you know, I think it was like 10 or 12 uh, Latino directors uh, and she and she noted her for her favorite films by each of them. So we 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 have uh, Children of Men by Quaron, uh, which is one of my favorite movies. I think that was the only one where my list and your list matched. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, Cronos, uh, Amores Perros, which actually was showing at the festival this past year. They were showing mm-hmm. it like at nine forty five, and it sold out. They played. They played Amores Perros at 9.45, like on a Thursday, and it was raining, and the theater was sold out. Yeah. So so you can tell that movie still has a lot of uh, parallel mothers. Emma, fantastic woman. Um, that made a, a cool festival run a couple of years ago. Um, Desperado by Robert Rodriguez. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Sophia, do any of these stack out to you? Uh, do, do you disagree with some of these filmmakers on, on your favorite movie by them? Um, can you zoom in a little bit? I love Desperado, love Amores Perros. Um, I need to watch more, honestly. You know, what else mm-hmm. is new? Sophia needs to watch more movies. Sophia needs to watch more. <laughs> Rosa- I saw Marcel the Shell this week. Okay, are you proud of me? That's right. I was looking yeah. forward to your thoughts. I cried, I laughed. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was an innocent film with a great message. I don't know what to tell you. I loved Yay. it. Yeah. Love it. It was the Ted Lasso of movies about inanimate objects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made me not a shell. Jeez. Uh, Rosa, what what uh, what kind of uh, reaction did you get to this, and and why did you feel like it was necessary to sort of put that out there? Yeah. Well, to make my, I guess my my, I always feel like I'm just screaming in the void, because uh, every time I see these type of tweets, of course, all you see is Spielberg and Scorsese yeah. and Kubrick and uh, yeah and Nolan yeah. and Tarantino and the same dudes. I mean, 
granted, half of these dudes are also white, pero son Latinos. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? I I'm just gonna try to to change it up a little bit because uh, yeah. I I'd like to know what people are um people out there liking. Not that many people actually retweeted, and those that did were very minimal. They only um I think they only gave like Guaron del Toro Iñárritu, maybe Rodriguez um and and Nava, but like the other ones, even Almodovar as well. Almodovar is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But like La Rain, Lelio, and Martel, a lot of people don't know who they are. Like yeah. Pablo La Rain, I mean Chileno uh, director. And also um, Sebastián Lelio, another Chilean director. Uh, Lucrecia Martel, she's Argentina, mm. um, Argentina. How did you um, not put Eugenio Derbez? How dare you? Eugenio Derbez, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then Carlos López Estrada, he's just recently one of the new ones that's coming up. But yeah, he also directed, um, what is it called? Uh, Lelio's pretty new too. Uh, who? Lelio. Uh, Sebastián Lelio? Yeah, well, I mean, a fantastic woman is, is, is a recent movie. I mean, yeah, 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 it is. But he's been directing a lot, actually. The last movie he did was came out last year, um, Wonder, um, starring Florence Pugh. And with La Rain, the last one he did was Spencer, starring Kristen Stewart. So yeah. they're out there doing good, good um, movies, but not a lot of people are <laughs> highlighting them as. Yeah, 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 because uh, I. You like the, I, I like uh, I like Jackie a little bit better myself. Oh, better than than Emma, than, than, yeah. than Spencer, yeah. than and Spencer, and Spencer, yeah, yeah. Spencer, I didn't have an issue with. A lot of people did, and I get it. I understand why. But yeah. I love, I liked it. I just like Jackie. I just, I just, I love Natalie Portman too. So mm. uh, I like Jackie I a, a, a little bit better. Yeah. Did you watch yeah. Jackie, Sophia? You should watch. I that did one. not. I did watch Spencer though. I really yeah. loved it. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, there's 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 a lot of talent out there and, and, and people that call themselves film buffs also sometimes stick to those, like you said, you know, like how many times am I going to tell you, you know, uh, you know, Heart Eight's my favorite, you know, movie by this guy. And, you know, and I like, you know, Jackie, you know, Jackie Brown is my favorite Tarantino. Like, it, it, yeah, I liked it a little. I think uh, like a year or two ago, there was like a female, an all female director list that I really liked. Mm -hmm. And so I really think that that, that yeah, I mean. Like you said, you can scream into the void. You can do something about it. You chose the latter, right? So you just kind of <laughs> yeah, put it, yeah. And, put it out, put it out there into the universe. And out of everybody, like Gregory Nava, that guy's been around for a while, and he's directed some of the most iconic Chicano or Mexican American films, and rarely is in the conversation of anything. To be honest, yeah. um, only unless we're talking about Chicano cinema or Mexican American cinema, but. Oh. Yeah, I love what you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I love Children of Men. Pacific Rim is so good. Birdman. It is. Birdman. Uh, Volver is one of my favorite movies, too. That's an awesome movie. Jackie, I like better. Fantastic movie was really good. Uh, From Dust Till Dawn by Rodriguez. And then by Luis Martinez Slapworthy. That's my, uh, my, yeah. my, my favorite. <laughs> and my family, again, man. This is, there's so many good. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's so much talent. So yeah. go out there and watch some more movies. Sophia. Yes, I'm trying. I watched Schindler's List this week, Marcel the Shell, and then I'm sorry, I rewatched Pulp Fiction. It was just a comfort film for me. Okay, I'm sick. Yeah, I'm sick. Right, well, oh, yeah, yeah, I watched three yeah. movies. You guys, that's a lot for a week for me. I rewatched rewatch those movies. All right, so oh yeah, here what I have. Oh, I watched the Truman Show too for the first time. Oh, oh, I did. There you go. How'd you great. like that? Loved it. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I understand more references now. <laughs> 
I, you know, well. I guess I don't see you. Good afternoon and good evening. <laughs> good um, uh, yeah, Jim Carrey peaked Jim Carrey there. Um, yep. Rosa, I, I want to ask you a question about um, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, <laughs> because we, this is for like two years now, this is the only picture that we've gotten. Yeah. We know we know it's we know who's in the cast. We know Jesse Plemons. We know it's Scorsese. We know mm-hmm. it's uh, you know we know this. We know the story that it's about. But we've gotten one fucking picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, how excited are you? Or are you sort of like just? How do you feel about all the secrecy and stuff surrounding this? Are you excited for it? Um, I have a certain level of excitement, not as much of, as other film buffs uh, will have just because it's Scorsese. I think it's going to it's going to be doing a premiere at, at Cannes, if I'm not mistaken. And it's what almost isn't this like almost four hours long? Yeah, Ooh. it's supposed to be like, yeah, like three, like three fifty two, three fifty, three forty. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> that's a little, that's a little, I get it. If, if the pacing is well, I mean, it's Scorsese. I guess you can't doubt that, man. He's, he's one of the masters, but yeah. it, it does come in a little. As long as the, there's no the de aging technology, I'm okay with it. I'll watch four hours of Scorsese. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's awesome. I, I don't know if there's any more pictures out there. I just, uh, all I know is that it's going to be screen. It, premiering at Cannes and um and that it's very long that's it yeah but has i the, have heard nothing else has the has caprio been in anything since he won the oscar since the revenant i'm sure he's done he's done some stuff right yeah uh, was, don't look up right yeah don't yeah don't yeah, look up don't look up don't look up which was really good um yeah so that's kind of what i wanted to talk to you was there anything else that's coming out this week or that you've seen recently uh that you wanted to touch on Mm-hmm. Uh, that's coming out this week well I'll, I think that <laughs> I'm not big on horror but I know uh, like the Pope Exorcist is coming out and I still want to go watch Air it's still um, on my to-do list Evil and Dead Rising too right Evil Dead yeah, right? yeah is yeah, a new yeah. Evil Dead coming out yeah, yeah. But, like it has good reviews it's doing very well yeah. I mean critically speaking yeah, yeah, the, the the horror stuff is. It seems like man, we're in a horror. We're in a horror resurgence right resurgence, now. Resurgence, mm-hmm. yes. So yes, that's why, right. like, you can think about it. If you have a horror movie out there, it's time to go out there and pitch it. We know, we might need to make a horror comedy here pretty soon. Yeah. So, we something. do need new horror. I feel like it's all old films that are being, you know, rebooted, redone. I don't know. Yeah, Scream uh, was awesome though. I did watch that as well this week. Which one? Scream. Scream. Oh, the new one. All right. Yeah. Uh, what do you? It. I want to ask you one other thing, Rosa. What do you yeah. think the next uh, big? Well, all right, let's let's put it this way: If you could bring one video game franchise to the screen, which one would you pick to be the next one? Oh, video game. Well, my video game knowledge isn't the best, um, <laughs> so I Candy Crush the movie. Candy Crush, yes. <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Farmville, the movie. Remember that Nate game? Oh my god. Farm, anyway. Farmville, Farmville, the movie. I like. I can see it. I can see I it. See. You know, what? I I generally don't know um, because all the ones that I used to play already have some form of adaptation. Uh, I mean, Mario Brothers is the one I used to play the most. Sonic, Mortal Kombat. Um, so yeah, they're they're all out there already. So. <laughs> 
But you know what? I have to express my immense joy at seeing how well Mario Brothers is doing mm -hmm. and how it's just blowing everybody's expectations and predictions. And it's just, and I'm so, I'm happy because I, I watched it again for a second time. Well, that's what I did. Instead of watching new movies, I rewatched the ones I already seen. Um, and I, I took the, I took my kids to watch it and they loved it. They absolutely loved it. They were having a blast. And in the screening that I went to, it was mostly, um, it was a 10 a.m. screening on a Saturday. No, it was on a Sunday. It was on Easter day. So I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to go Sunday morning, Easter. You know, it's going to be empty. My yeah. dummy head thought that. No, that Ooh. thing was packed. Yeah. And like half of the theater <laughs> was like cosplaying. Whether oh. like Princess uh, Peach or as Mario or as Luigi or anything. That's awesome. I was like, you know what? And and hearing a lot of people talking about it and and finding out that Mario has been around for four decades. That's a mm -hmm. good, what, two, three generations yeah. of people that this is going to be speaking to. Man, it just I, I, makes I me happy. I can't wait. I'm going to see it on the 28th. There's a uh, sensory screening that I'm taking the minion to. So we're going to watch it there. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, well, good, que good question coming in before we let Rosa go. Um, the list Rosa put out are for Latino directors who work behind the scenes. Is representation more important behind the camera or in front? Uh, both. Both. Yeah. That's it. Bye. I think it's um, both because a lot of the movies that I select, uh, I'm trying to think, is there any movie I selected that didn't have Latino representation on screen? Um, there might be. But I think no, both. You, didn't, you didn't pick Spencer. That would have been the only one. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no. There's no Latinos in Spencer. No Latinos in Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> or in probably oh probably in Jackie, which I picked. Uh yeah, no, as mm -hmm. a as a Latina director and, and and somebody who tries to do both. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we always give shit to GDT, right? Because mm -hmm. his, because his movies are are very white. So we very but, he, white. but again, he's also there's and as Rosa said, a lot of these directors are Latinos, but they're also white, you know. Um, so, so it's yeah. kind of like a, a weird thing where, where the, where there is a difference specifically speaking between American raised or born Latinos versus foreign Latinos to the U S that are making movies in the U S space. Yeah. Those, those, those directors are much more apt to want us work with their heroes, actors they admire that they always want to work with and not so much. Whereas the, U.S. born like Robert Rodriguez, always tons of representation, right? Yeah. Tons of servers like that. And you can see a palpable difference myself. Uh, you know, U.S. raised Latino, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, so there is there is a bit of a difference. You know, even Inoratu, Birdman, other movies like that. Not a lot of yeah. Latino representation, DDT. So, yeah, we wish they would do more because both of it is important. And you would want Latino directors to put more in front of it. But it's it's kind of like not a nitpick just something we we it's like we love them and we respect them as masters at their craft we just we just wish and hope they continue to sort of expand in that area but they can but they can be judged against the other great directors specific just strictly because of their talent and their vision right mm -hmm. agree I, 
I, I used to be, I'm gonna be completely honest with you, and I and I've changed perspective on this. I used to be very vocal about Guillermo del Toro and of course Alfonso Cuaron and uh, Alejandro González Iñárritu when they were doing their movies here, like yes, you had the Harry Potter films, you had Children of Men, and then yeah, with and you had mostly white cast, but um I came to the realization that yes, everything, no matter who is in front of the screen, we are viewing it through a Mexican perspective. And I would hate to impose my expectations upon other directors. It's like me um, telling you, Louis, hey, you know what? Ah, this is what I want to see on screen. This is what I want to see from a Latino director. And then telling you and giving you a list of everything I want to see. No, you should be allowed to go out there and do what you want to do without necessarily the burden or having so much pressure from the community. And if the community is in such urgency to go out there and see themselves represented, then go do a film and do it yourself. Um, and, <laughs> and, and a lot, because at the same time, yes, uh, let's say Iñarrito, he has gone, he has done Babel and all these movies, but he just did Bardo too. He went back to Mexico and he did his film. Um, Roma as well. And Roma, yeah, with Cuaron. And I'm pretty sure it's just a matter of time before Del Toro does something. Um, if not, then I'm still going to go out there and watch it because he's just a yeah, visionary that I, I wholeheartedly admire. And if he doesn't do anything with Latinos in it, I'm not going to be too pushy on him either. So, yeah, it's it's, it's, okay. it's just, yeah. Just, I'll be pushy for you, cents. don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? You, you, Rosa walks so we can run. So exactly, yeah. You don't got to do any of the pushiness. We'll do plenty. Don't worry. Right. Uh, okay, let me just put this follow up, and then we'll let you go, Rosa. Uh, one of my favorite Quora movies is Gravity, but it stars two white people, Clooney and Sandra. Would you rather Gravity be directed by Michael Bay, but stars even Longoria and Pedro? Hey, great, great questions. Today. Um, great, great questions, by the way. Great All right, um, so. I would not want Michael Bay to re I wouldn't take Michael Bay over pretty much any other director. <laughs> yeah, Michael Bay? Why him? Michael no. Bay. I no. Uh but but if we're asking but if we're asking the question, I think uh, no. I, I I what I've always felt as a director is that you have to create your art at the end of the day, it's your art. You're the yes. one that makes the decision. We just hope that these people are going through this process of thinking about it you know, from a different point of view during their casting. It's Cuaron's yeah. movie. It was awesome. And like we said before, the movie maybe doesn't get made without, 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 with, without Bullock and Clooney. Right. So if he's like, I want to make mm -hmm. this movie, it's all green screen. It's this scale. Yeah. And I want Eva Longoria in it. They'd be like, ah, I don't know if Eva Longoria or Eva Mendez is opening up a movie. I don't know if Pedro Pascal is gonna is is opening a movie now. Uh, he would <laughs> now maybe, but this yeah. is what like eight years ago, seven eight yeah. years ago. Um, so it's a collaborative art, and it's a mix between wanting to get your movie made, having it, having the budget for it, and those decisions. So that's another aspect of it that these directors, like I said, you know, you don't get to make the movie without putting some t recognizable talent that's that's going to open. Uh, that'd be my opinion on it. Yeah. Yeah, I would also go with no um, for everything you just said. And um, it's <laughs> it's Alfonso Cuaron. And you yeah. have what, in my opinion, and with all respect to um, Mr. Dickens, but one of the best cinematographers in history with El Chivo Lubezki. So 
it, whenever he works and he's behind the camera, I'm always excited to see what he does. Um, and so no, uh, no, I, because to some extent, then it starts to feel, in my humble opinion, it starts to feel forced. Um, they're just there because they are Latinos. And for the sake of checking off the diversity box, quote unquote. Yeah, this is when that's too forced, doesn't, it doesn't sit well. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I agree. All right, guys. Well, we've been live here with Rosa Parra. She is our brand new entertainment correspondent. She's going to be with us mm-hmm. weekly. Um to talk about what's going on in the world of entertainment, to knock out some tabs with us and to be an official part of the show moving forward. So thank you once again, Rosa, for stopping by tonight. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add on Rosa? Uh, No, nothing, nothing else that I can think of. I don't think I have anything going on in terms of reviews or anything like that. This is a pretty slow week in terms of releases and, and such. So no, nothing. And thank you guys again for thank having you. me and and staring at my little Chihuahua picture for I uh, love an it. hour. We'll, uh, we'll be I'm convinced what to... your face actually looks like now. You know what? No, this Chihuahua picture is like ten times more gorgeous than <laughs> my face will ever be. Please, please, please. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you as we get yeah. closer to the summer movie season uh, and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. So, Rosa. We'll be talking to you some. Thanks for stopping by. See you next week. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Take care. Bye. Peace out. All right. Love it. Love it. La Handa says there's a lot of Latinx representation <laughs> in the scenes of Pinocchio. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's I believe. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. Could you switch back the black background, please? Just looks so black. The black background. Do we have a black background? Yes. No. Can you switch it back to to not oh. black? Oh, oh! I never switched back our. No, uh, I was like, I don't like the black. <laughs> no, give me a second. Um, don't clip go. that. I mean the black background. Jesus. All right, there we go. Thank you. There you go. No, uh, I never. Colors. Changed, I never changed it back after bracket bit. Sorry. It's okay. Um, All right. Um, that was great though. Love Rosa. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so you sound a little better. You're. You still doing okay tonight? You're. you're yeah. You're I'm. I'm hanging in there. I just, yeah, I'm feeling still a little not great, but a lot better. Boy, a lot better than Tuesday. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. I had body aches that day. Yeah. Now you still got a cough, but. Yeah, I have a cough. Now it's more of like a, you know, over the neck, neck up symptoms before it was like full body symptoms. This is bad. All right. Well, we just have a yeah. couple of tabs here to knock out. We'll do an anonymous yeah. way, and then we'll get out of your way. All right. Ooh, we got some anonymous way. All, all right. right here. All right. Uh, all right. And then, uh, listen. Let's promote a friend here. Uh, we have uh, ShannonAntonDesigns.com. A friend Ooh. of mine has a custom Etsy store. Um, she does uh, all kinds of cool little chatskis and keychains cool. and little things like that. She sells them there on Instagram. She's got an Etsy store. That's kind of a risque picture, though, with all the handcuffs. It looks like handcuffs, right? Did you think first it was like a handcuff thing? I know you did. What? No. You, yeah, you maybe thought, a little. You, you <laughs> thought these were fuzzy handcuffs. So yeah. go to ShannonAntonDesigns.com, and uh, they're a friend of the show. And uh, we'll be promoting random people from time to time because, because we like to do that. All right. And moving right along, we've done the thing. It's time for
Dun, dun. Let's good. get political. What do we got today, Lou? All right, tonight, tonight we're going to keep it short because I don't want to. I think I think I've decided I don't want to do. We're going to keep too much is too painful. Yeah, we're going to just pick like one or two hellscape stories a week. Sounds good. Because if you want to, if you want to figure out what the hell's going on in the hellscape, you just have to like look outside and uh, like ah, everything's on fire, huh? Everything's on fire. Uh, let's go. I'm, I'm going through it real quickly. Give me two seconds here. Yeah, sure. Uh, all right. Let's start with books. Okay. <laughs> what kind of Be- books? Because all of them, you know, oh, you know, okay. you know, where poor people, old people go and kids without uh, internet connection go when they need to do homework, do research. Where do they go? Biblioteca. A biblio- La biblioteca. La biblioteca. It's been an institution even in San Diego, in the cities, it's a place you can go to and not have to pay money. You can I donate go my there, books every year. Donate your books. You can do a ton of stuff there. You can read. You can you can do everything. You can sit there and listen to music, watch movies. Libraries are amazing. When I first moved to San Diego, I didn't have internet. I would go there to check my email. Love libraries. You know who doesn't love libraries? <laughs> Hulu. Who? Republicans. They oh, fucking geez. they fucking hate them. They oh. fucking hate them. Right. So, all right. So, uh, Missouri House Republicans voted to defund all of the state's public libraries in a proposed $45.6 billion state budget that will soon move to the GOP controlled state Senate. Okay. So, the governor, of Missouri, uh, the governor of Missouri set a budget, right? And uh-huh. they, they sent it to approval for Congress. They, they, they sent it back and they're like, no, this is too much money. We can't spend all this money. Let's cut all funding to libraries. So they want to basically, they literally want to defund the library. They want to close all the libraries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. This is after the same thing. We just did a, tri- a $3 trillion deal with Saudi Arabia. So whenever there's people that just say like, where are we going to get the money? We don't have enough money for the libraries. We don't have enough money for healthcare. We don't have enough money for public schools. Three trillion to Saudi Arabia. You guys, you guys, you guys, we have enough money for public libraries. We just don't prioritize social services in these countries of the United States. Uncle Bernie says it the best. Comrade Bernie says it the best when he says nobody bats an eye at the spending bill. When they need to bail out a bank, bail they out. never they never say, "Hey, how are we going to pay for this?" Money's not real to the government. They can literally make more. They just they're just printing it out of thin air. There's no such thing. The debt will be forever. We're never going to pay the debt. There's it's not it, it's not a thing. You're not being fiscally responsible by banning books because at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is the books. Where are the books yeah. at the library? Next thing they're going to come after is Barnes and Noble. They'll they'll figure out a way they'll that you get out. that Barnes and Noble is no good. And that's uh, privatized, right? So and their next and they they are trying to figure out a way to, to 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 censor the internet. They're trying they're trying everything. Yeah, they are losing everywhere. Three quarters of Americans favor abortion. Um, three quarters of Americans favor some sort of or sixty something percent of Americans favor some sort of sensible gun control. Uh, they're, they're losing demographics, their, their voters and their base is dying or increasingly crazier and crazier. And they have to fight these 
horrible. They have to come up with these villains to fight, right? Mm-hmm. So they're they 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 they're going after drag queens, trans people. Uh, they they anything that's anything that's brownish is woke. Yeah. Uh, they they have to sort of they they have to make people believe the boogeyman. They're trying to make it harder for college students to vote. They're trying to control state legislators and supreme courts so that even if the majority of people can vote. They're trying to figure out a way that they can just say, no, 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 that vote doesn't count. And now they're going after books. And the way they're going after books is the most efficient way possible. They're trying to just say there's no more thing as libraries. Defund libraries. Yeah. Man, it's scary times we're freaking living in. We are not prioritizing what we should be prioritizing. The middle class is non-existent. All right. We have a lower working class and we have the top 1%. And it's just, it's terrible. Like yeah, you don't mess with the libraries if you're a good person. Why would you? What, what? It's it's a haven. It's a safe haven. You like you said, free stuff. It's just normal community goods. It's a place for kids whose parents work to go somewhere safe after after work. You know, yeah. after school, it's it's a it's a place for you know book signings. There's a place we meeting rooms. You can go film stuff in a library. They'll let you do stuff for free. You can use the internet. You can go what get it's. Listen, man. You know this has happened in ancient Greece, Alexandria. They burned that library to the ground, and let me tell you, let me tell you, dark ages followed. Okay. Dark. The dark ages followed. We entered the dark ages. Yes. Read a history book. All right. <laughs> the um, the other thing that happened is uh, NPR decides they, that they're basically going to deprioritize uh, Twitter and that they're no mm-hmm. longer going to basically be on Twitter. Um, this is because uh, Elon, uh, I'm a 12-year-old with memes, Musk, um, yeah has decided that they were going to make, they, they, they put next to NPR that it is, um, what do they put next to them? Government funded, first they put state funded media. Now they call it government funded media under their check mark. Wow. Um, so basically, you know, NPR produces consequential independent journalism every day in service to the public. Here's where you can find our work. They basically want you to download their app or follow them somewhere else. But mm-hmm. This, this, the, 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 and then Elon is, you know, Elon, Elon's is, is knee deep in like Saudi money and Russian money for his loan to buy it, you know? So, so, and then people were like, well, Elon, your companies are basically state funded because Tesla wouldn't survive without government fundings, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. So are you a fan of NPR? Um, do you think this means anything in terms I'm of... I'm not like, an NPR stan. I mean, I'm not a stan of like any real media companies, but I do think that there is a, a very important place for um, quote-unquote government-funded media. Um, that is usually when you can get the most... They get 90-something percent of their funding from donations. They get government yeah. grants that anybody can apply for. So it's not really like it would be like, you know... So I do, I do, I do kind of like that a little more than privately owned media companies, uh, you know, so... I don't know. And then also just what is he doing with Twitter? And like, not only that, but banning the blue check marks with celebrities, um, yeah. unless you pay. Yeah. And it, it just seems yeah, like the wild to, west of Twitter. Yeah. So it was supposed to be, uh, here's a tweet that sort of sums that up. Um, 
It's a Doja Cat. I love the uh, Doja Cat tweet. Tabibi, uh, I'm leaving Twitter because of Elon's decision. NPR, we're leaving Twitter because of Elon's decisions. Elon, my screen name is Harry Balls, and my building says Titter, and it also the non-paying blue checks go away on 420 now. Ha ha. Uh-huh. Because, because literally it was supposed to be April 1st, April Fool's, and then he pushed it back to 420 for the lulls. Oh um, and, you know, this guy says, my city is still paying this guy to explore tunnel drilling through the limestone water table beneath our homes. Just amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. So basically, you know, it, it feels like there's a 12 year old at the wheel. Yeah, it really does. I still don't know how he has any like Elon stands where they see him as like this, like, you know, genius, like otherworldly knowledge type person. I'm like, he's not an intellectual, you guys. This is he's the, a rich the, kid with daddy's money. This is the, the the perfect summation of the Elon. Elon Musk slams dick in car door. Musk fans, masterful, masterful gambit. gambit. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> this man can do no wrong in their eyes. It's total, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, scary times. No, but where, where yeah. are you with Twitter? Because you love Twitter, you. But yeah, I'm still on there. I'm still, still on, on there. there. I'm still on there. Like, like, like I said, you can. The thing is, that it's it's interesting. Is like because I've thought about blue check marks for like the show and stuff as we grow a little bit more, like just mm. to make it more official. But then uh, I was like, no, because the the not having, but because as soon as everybody. Has a blue check mark, then it yeah, loses. Yeah, it, it, yeah because I thought it, so too. It, it, I was like, it's, we can... it's, it's literally no, there's really no reason to have it because it doesn't even, they, there's, it, it doesn't certify you. Like, if you're like, at least with Meta and the Facebook Instagram thing, they want $14.99 a month. Yeah. They want $14.99 a month and it's through a government ID. And you have to, so it's actually, it's actually a verification of who you are. So you can't be. Um, you can't be parodied, right? But mm-hmm. all the, the the Twitter is eight bucks a month, but it literally just means that you pay eight bucks a month. It just it's just it just yeah. proves that you pay eight bucks a month. Like even LeBron James was like, I ain't paying fucking eight bucks a month, so people know it's me. Like, like yeah, like no, like uh, so it is changing Twitter, and I do, and and every time he does something stupid like this. It does erode it a little bit, but it's just there is no there is for people that Twitter, there is no alternative. Instagram has never been Twitter. It'll never be Twitter. Facebook. There's too many people, you know, in real life on Facebook for it to be Twitter, Uh, you know, spoutable uh, beehive. There's there's a bunch of there's a bunch of ones that are out there trying to take up that space. And sometimes people will migrate over to them and you won't see them on Twitter for a while. They come right back, yeah. you know, because it doesn't have the reach in the audience and you don't have the direct, uh, you don't have the direct connection with these people that you do and other stuff. So, yeah. So I wish he would have never bought it though. He didn't want to buy it either. He was forced to. No, he was not. He was absolutely forced to buy Twitter. That's the other thing is like he, that's the other thing that they say. He said he was going to buy it. He offered a price. Then he tried to back out of it. And then the courts forced him to buy it or he would have had to have paid like a humongous fine. So, so he was literally forced to buy Twitter. But why did he offer? Like, don't. For the lulls, because he's a fucking idiot. 
He's, he's an like, idiot. Just don't do it for the lulls. He he said, "I'm going to buy Twitter and I'm going to change the, the yeah, icon." To it was a, a whole anti woke thing. Like I'm going to make it. You yeah. know. Yeah. And then as soon as he did that, he realized that it was that that hate shit like went up. It. Hate shit went like <laughs> through the roof. And then he's like, "Oh, so there is a reason for moderation and this other shit." All the advertisers left, mm-hmm. etc. All that good stuff. Yeah, he hasn't been down. He hasn't been uh, All right, here, moving right along here. But yeah, there's, there's, there hasn't been that huge of a change. Though the original order, the, 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 the original owners, down, right? yeah, the original owners was it wasn't a private company. The original owners was shareholders. So he would be able to sell it, but he'd have to find another individual buyer to send it. He can't, he took it private. He can't unmake it private and do another. He owns it all by himself. You know, he's, he's the private owner of Twitter. All right. Uh, Let's see. Moving right along here. Um, So San Francisco, Uh San Francisco remodeled. So this is before and after of a Starbucks in the cash on Castro in um, San Francisco. This is before mm-hmm. Starbucks and this is after. So basically they took out the ability for people to hang out. Oh, what the. Now this is supposed to be something to combat homelessness. Oh, this is kind of like getting rid of libraries in a sense where you're getting mm-hmm. rid of places that people can hang out for free and do work. So. But that just seems excessive. But have you seen, have you noticed this at all in, in, in any sort of. I, I have in NorCal. So I recently went to visit my um, friend in Berkeley and Berkeley just, I mean, they have a whole homelessness issue. The, that park that people are like constantly protesting, um, they want to build something on it, but it's literally like a homeless haven, I guess. Um, and yeah, no, like everything there is, especially on campus and around campus, it's all super like lock and key so that no homeless people can access anything around there. Um, so yeah, they're very strict up there. It's It's crazy. But also the homelessness problem over there is like, palpable like there's people everywhere on the streets yeah yeah so i mean it just it just feels very cold like like they're either trying to kill off that store because there's no like now it's like what what what's the whole point like you could you know and it's obviously clearly in a very gay neighborhood so yeah castro did the castro district obviously the castro district but damn that's crazy i don't know i don't know what do you think? Yeah, it doesn't make sense in a cafe. It is exactly right. It does. Yeah, because the whole point is you get a coffee, you sit down. But yeah, like, why would I go back here ever again? If the I homelessness have to? issue is really huge in NorCal, though. It's like, I mean, in SoCal as well, LA, but like, just any big city, I guess. But see, that's the thing that we should be talking about more: is how can like we can have social services to help these people out, as opposed to. Yeah, as opposed to let's put spikes on the freaking park yeah. benches and under bridges so people can't make it instead of yeah. like let's help them out let's make it as least you know let's make it a little bit less palatable for them yeah the, i don't know uh, we have our priorities just not straight yeah let me get our things here how many anonymous okay. ways do we have we have three. Oh, excellent we'll that's a good number it. i love that We'll get to it in a second here. All right. Uh, let's see. Moving some of these things to future weeks. Next. Uh, okay. I found the channel for 
I found this channel here. The guy that got shot in the stomach, his name was Classified Goons. Uh-huh. And basically, um, after seeing a little bit, I'm not going to watch his videos or subscribe because I don't want to give him no. Man. But basically, he has videos like fake vomiting on an Uber driver, uh, asking strangers to play Naked Twister, um, taking people's groceries, prank. Uh, okay, that's not sn- funny. Snitching on my camera, accusing people of stealing pets from PetSmart. Uh aggressively sniffing people in the ear so oh no dude i would <laughs> if i was a gun owner and he tried any of that with me oh my god dude I don't... sir is it bad to say that i'm glad he got shot no it's, i was thinking it uh yeah, as, asking strangers to watch their tone prank no like no dude, he no. seems like he should be in jail that's all kind of harassment yeah. so, <laughs> don't disturbing be... the peace don't don't be this <laughs> Don't be that guy. All right. Uh, Haley Bieber is officially launching her own cooking show. I just can't handle that wing life. You know what I mean? Uh, I know you wanted to talk about the Haley Bieber. Bieber Justin. I mean, I don't think this is the time, though. That's a long, that's a long convo. Uh, well, just, just, to, just, seems, just, huh? talk, just let's work. Another. So how do you feel about her transition to, um, was she a model? No, Haley Bieber. She is the daughter of a, a Baldwin. Yeah, that, she's a Baldwin. She's a that Baldwin. That is all she is. But she was a. But she was modeling, right? That was her thing. I suppose. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was, and then she married Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. and now she's doing a cooking show. Ah, uh, I mean, good for her. I I did hear that there was a the Treaty of Versailles. Uh, and her and Selena she's got she's got she's got Miss Vagina Candle there look at her what does that mean Miss Goop Miss Goop oh yeah yeah fucking what's her name Gwyneth Paltrow Gwyneth Paltrow yeah now what chance do you think that she actually makes any of the food on the show uh zero definite zero but no I'm just kidding I don't know I don't like to you know whatever I I hope I wish her the best I hope that this succeeds good for her Okay, she seems to know how to like cook, right? She's there doing some of this herself. Yeah, oh, she like had, Selena she... Gomez ha- is on there. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. They're, I guess, they're cool now. They squashed the beef. That's why we needed to talk about it a couple weeks ago because that was like the big deal. Treaty of Versailles has been reached. Hmm. The the Bieber Gomez yeah. war has been averted. It has. Yep. It it ended. They both posted on each other's socials, and and I think we're good now, guys. Right, so but uh you can put the knife away yeah there you go <laughs> all right uh, I, I gotta on. do more research on that i'll get back to you on that all right let's end on a good note <laughs> uh so alternate dimension andy's uh kickstarter for accidental aliens has been funded fully uh, yes yeah, 91 backers still five days to go so if you haven't already i'll, I'll put the link in it and uh we're going to be releasing the podcast with her tomorrow morning Hell yeah. Uh, so the episode that comes out tomorrow will be the one where we're talking to Andy Duplith about this project. And it was probably about half funded by the time we had her on. So it's glad to see it has 91 backers. It's past its goal of 3,500. So they're moving on to their stretch goals. Still five days to donate to this campaign. It's a local independent group of indie 
diverse comic book writers and they're getting together to do a um their, their i think it's their third or fourth anthology yeah it's a, bun- it's a bunch of different uh indie comics that come together so awesome. very happy for them I'm gonna be looking forward to seeing what they come so up with happy. so happy you got funded hell yeah all right and then uh here's a short thing here i found this uh this is um Monopoly needs new player pieces, and I have some modern ideas. The Amazon shipping box. So remember, what what play what what piece did you b- play with what when you uh, played Monopoly? I I'm sorry, I'm not a big Monopoly player. Did you use like the the racing car or the thimble? I think that I've I've used the thimble a couple times. I'm, the dog, the top hat. I don't remember. Probably a top hat. I a don't plan- know. Is there like a plancha? What's your favorite so. Monopoly symbol? Uh, Leave it in the chat. What's your favorite Monopoly symbol, guys? Why is this the new one? Uh, well, yeah, this is the this is these are just suggestions. Um, podcast, podcast, hell podcast, yeah, like yeah, ship and, for busy uh, was Lizzie and latte. <laughs> I like those. I like those. I approve. Hell yeah. I like the latte. Hold on a second. Uh, did you guys have the story on Walmart closing four major stores in minority neighborhoods of Chicago? No, I did not catch that. I will. We'll do some if, research on that. Probably talk wanna, about the next one. If you want to link it, um, put it. Uh, I'll, I'll, if not, we'll put it in. We'll make a tab for next uh, week. The, the car, the ship for Lizzie, the car okay. for for uh, GSD. Oh, yeah. A friend of mine is doing this crowdfunding campaign. She's a student at EICTV. Oh, are you talking about for accidental aliens or for or for the Monopoly pieces? Probably, <laughs> probably that would be a small world i don't know oh yeah small world after all uh let me get rid of the rest of these all right let's guys get let's get into no namas way hell yeah all right we're gonna look it up mm, let's mm, see mm, do, 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 no namas way no namas i like the racing car myself i like the podcast one the microphone now it's time for no namas way no namas way no namas. All yeah. right. All right. Three questions. No namas yeah. way. Oh, okay. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I posted the link over there. Got it. Uh, I will check it out. Uh, boom, 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 boom. All right. Here we go. Three questions. The first question comes up to us from El Payaso. Oh. El, El Payaso writes What are the host opinions on AI and chat GPT and the future of film production? Ooh, that's a great question. Jeez. Um, I'm terrified of AI. Uh, Not so much when it comes to filmmaking, although it probably should. And yet you fed it your pictures. (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) Um, I think I would be scared for for stuff like that, like art. Um, It's it's scary for what it could do to OnlyFans, to porn. Yeah. Scary for everything. Honestly, everything. We're all gonna die. You guys, in ta- in talking about eating. like uh, like the like that one thing we talked about where they change the faces. Is that yeah, because you can you can literally like construct a, a, a porn star, start an OnlyFans. You as Luis can make up any girl. Like you could just you know use AI to create somebody and create your own OnlyFans. Oh, yeah, deep fake, deep fake, yeah, deep fakes, yeah. So deep fakes are kind of what's with streamer. With, and uh, I do get scared Pokemon. of that. Possibly, yeah, with Pokemon, yeah. I do get scared of deep fakes possibly as well with acting. Um, 
but then again, I don't know. Filmmaking is is so is such a human thing that I don't know. But maybe that's me being naive. Maybe in the future, you know, AI will catch up. So we did a we did a segment sorry. on in Lizzie a few weeks back. When we that did, was, yeah. yeah. Check that did. out with uh, Dizzy Ms. Lizzie. What was Dizzy was Dizzy on that one or what was that? I what actually was don't that? know. No, no, it was with the South of Eight. I think was it with the South of Eight. I don't remember. We got right. Okay. Yeah. But I know we. Alex I know Vega we from South of Eight. I think we did that. Uh, no, it wasn't with her. Yeah, I, I have yeah. it. It's it's on my list of clips. It's on the clips. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll clip we'll it out. It. Um, no, um, I'm against AI art. Um, and I do think that, I mean, I work in an industry that uses chat GPT, um, excuse me, marketing, et cetera. They do a lot of stuff like that with customer service and things, but I do, I don't feel that it'll ever, and you deal with it every day. You deal with every day when you go on a website, when you go on Amazon, when you go anywhere that you say, and you hit that chat button and you hear that talk to customer service, unless you give it something that it can't understand, you're talking to AI. You're talking to automated responses. You're talking to chat GPT. You're talking to something that is looking for keywords. And if you start using a lot of exclamation points or you start you know, cursing at it or something, it'll escalate it to a real human. But if it'll try to solve your problem for you without having you talk to a human. So it's already out there yeah. um, trying to take my job specifically. But um, so I'm, I'm against that in from the, from a thing is that I, I, I know that because if we're talking about just like there's, there's the macro, right. And then there's the big picture, which is a species, which is us all living together on one planet. And so, yes, there's technology and we keep getting better at it and we keep doing more of it. And the more research you think, the more you figure out, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. But at some point, you have to think about it. It was like, where, where does, where does that leave us? Yeah. Because it was be, before it was like, we're automating things so that there's less on job industry uh, injuries. We're automating things so that we can free up humans to think about stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But if the thinking is getting outsourced, then, then what are we, uh, if not the matrix and they're just going to plug us in and just get elect electric uh, electricity from us. You know what I mean? Like, at some point you have to have that there's people out there probably in think tanks and shit that are thinking about this stuff. It's like, what's the future yeah. of humanity if all of these things that humans do are being automated? What are we supposed to do? Just hang around, eat and fuck. I mean, <laughs> we could, we, everyone would love that. The problem is we, everyone still has bills to pay, but they're not going to have jobs. Yeah. So we're gonna, what's going to yeah. happen? So, so then we're going to go, it's everything. Everybody's government subsidized. Like we're just giving yeah. me a check to be a consumer. So now I'm not even really a member of society. I'm just a consumer and I'm mm -hmm. being given the sustenance so that I may pick. So that, so now the, now the AI is doing research with me so that it can be more human. It doesn't, it, it, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. Now, as far as filmmaking goes, I love it because one of the things that is the most uh, sort of, um, unless you know somebody or you know an artist or you can be an artist yourself is one of the things that I do the least as a filmmaker is, um, is storyboarding. Yeah. Storyboarding is expensive because it's, you, you got to get an artist and you have to pay them. Uh, and you have to, uh, you know, unless you know somebody and it, and it's really like a lot of work to storyboard something. Yeah. The, the people, the filmmakers that do that really have a leg up 
you know, I just think of things visually and I, and I give my DPs and stuff a lot of freedom to figure out the stuff that they have, you know, to let them play. So I don't really bother with storyboarding, but that is something that I would love to take advantage of AI on because I can, I can very quickly come up with images and stuff that I can share with my DP that I can share with my team so that I can sort of figure out what it is that I want. So as a research tool, as a tool, I love it. I love the ability to do all these things. I'm not afraid of the technology, but as a human that thinks and creates that makes a living being a salesperson and a creative thinker, it does, it does piss me off. Yeah. The Disney Middle says, don't they have a, AI making scripts. Now we did talk about that on that episode, which we'll be clipping. Um, I believe yeah. we went over like a script and it was, it was comical. It, yeah. Yeah. But, it was, it was an early one from a few years ago. It was the, um, the, 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 I, I made a, an AI bot watch a bunch of Olive Garden commercials and write a yeah. script for an Olive Garden commercial. Yeah. That was funny. It was like, yeah. All right. Uh, I'll have the nachos extra Italian or something. Like we'll that. have to come up with that clip since it's topical. Sup, but we did talk about it a lot. That sounds like the Wally universe. Absolutely. It does. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Next question here comes from concerned daughter. <clears throat> let me, let me get a sip of water. For this oh one. no. It's going to be a long one folks. All right. <clears throat> concerned daughter writes. I'm in my 30s and my mom and dad have been together for like 45 years. I am one of the younger children. Okay. Uh, the other day I went to the gym close by my parents' house because I was planning on stopping by afterwards for dinner. The parking lot was very full as it shares spaces with an office park. So I had towards had to park towards the back. Uh, when I got there, I noticed my mom's car and drove towards it in case my mom was coming or going. As I got close, I noticed that the other car next to my mom's car had its door open and someone was sitting in the driver's seat with the door open. And my mother was standing in front of that person with her hand on their shoulder and his hand around her knee, leg, rubbing it up and down. Ah! Okay. <clears throat> I freaked out and drove away before she could see me. I didn't see her do anything, but I think she might be cheating on my dad. What should I do? I killed time and made it to dinner and everything <laughs> seemed fine. My dad even asked her how the workout was and mentioned she had been doing much better since starting to work with a trainer. Again, oh. what what the fuck do I do? Oh, you need to talk to your mom. You do. You need to be like, mom, what's up? I, I saw this. What's going on? Um, and then when she tells you the truth, you got to, you know, you got to, I don't know. <laughs> That's when you make your choice. I don't know. What would you do? I would talk to my mom. <sighs> I don't know. Does it make a difference that she's a daughter and not a son? No, because I think I think if if it was my friend, for example, and it was their significant other, I would go straight to the friend because that's who I have the alliance ties to, right? But it's my parents. I want them both to be happy and okay, and I want this to go about be in a healthy manner that this, you know, happens. So I would talk to the cheating per person first, just to be like, "Hey, what's going on? I saw you. Tell me." And then if they admit to cheating, then be like, how are we going to go about this? Because you're hurting dad and that's messed up. And uh, if you don't tell him, I will type a deal. You can watch the Fablemans and talk to your mom. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically yeah. the Fablemans. Uh, yeah, no, I think, no, I was just curious, like, if it was like, because I, I know from myself, I didn't catch like, like, like my dad cheating or something like that. But I do remember like later on in my life, 
um, he they were drinking and he was telling stories about this thing where he was with this chick. And I was like, oh, when was this? And I was like, wait, you were married to my mom back then. Okay. And, I was, and, yeah. and I remember being like retroactively mad at that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering if, if it's mom to mom versus I saw my dad and there, he was with a chick. If it makes a difference versus I saw my mom, you know, back and forth, you know. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure it's probably about the same. It's about uh, the same. I think it has yeah. to do with age too. Cause I remember when I was little, I ca- we caught my dad cheating and then we immediately told my mom, <laughs> well, not cheating, but like, yeah, we, you know, yeah, we would always tell my mom, mom, we met dad's mistress, mom, blah, blah. we would always tell her she would hate it. But, um, you know, she, it was also cause it was comical how like blinded she was. She didn't want to listen. So we'd be like, mom, yeah, he's cheating anyway. Right. Mom. Yeah. So yeah. But that was, we were kids. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. As so. adults, I think I'd be like a little more. Hey, so, yeah. let's sit down as adults. Talk, talk to your mom. Um, my only other piece of advice might be, I don't know, like, like maybe just sort of hang out a little bit more and just try to catch a vibe of what your mom and dad's relationship is right now, because yeah, you never know. Separated. Yeah, they could be separated. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're, maybe that's an understanding, you know, because if they, they, if you're like one of, if you're 30 and you're one of the youngest kids, then that means they've been together for, you said like 45 years. They got to be like in their 60s or mid 60s. They got to be, you know, maybe they're getting freaky. Are you in Florida? Check to see if they have a, (laughs) check to see if they have a scrunchie on their, on their, oh my God, the scrunchie story. Yeah. Yeah. Check to see if they have a sponge (laughs) on the back of their car. They might be swinging and they might be, maybe you never know. You never know. So, so, but yeah, the, the best way is to just talk to your mom and be like, Hey, uh, I think were you at the gym the other day? Cause I kind of saw you. Oh Oh, yeah. yeah. Or just say that. yeah, just, you, know, you. you won't you won't have to tell her what you saw. Just say, "Hey, I saw you in the parking lot at the gym the other day. I was in a hurry, or else I would have stopped to say hi." And then she'll know. Wait, did she see me? And then she'd be like, "Oh yes, I was with my trainer, and also he fucks me." Yeah, so I'm know. like, "Okay, does Dad know? Is yeah. he cool with it?" Yeah, maybe she might. I mean, she might. She's keeping it together. She's going to the gym, you know, and she's got a nice thirty year old trainer dude. You know, hey, I would open it up at that point. Listen. But Pineapple, pineapples, yeah. Pineapples. Pineapples. <laughs> Who's uh, ask your mom? Talk to her, uh, please. Talk to your mom. All right. Good, good luck, concerned daughter. All right. Yeah. Uh, and the last one comes to us from Birthday Wish. Birthday Wish writes, My girlfriend offered me butt stuff for my birthday because we joke about it, but I have no desire to explore that area. How do I politely turn that down and ask for a threesome instead? Well. Like like that? <laughs> By saying no, thank you. Can I have a threesome instead? <laughs> Wait, how, if you're if you haven't shown interest, why would she offer? Is my thing. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, we're assuming it's a male, right? Says, assuming... Yeah, my girlfriend offered me butt stuff for my birthday because we joke about it. Okay, so I'm so assuming he's, like, he's like, oh, when are you going to let me, you know, explore yeah. the unholiest of holiest? Yeah. Right. And then she's like, ah, oh, never. And then all of a sudden she's like, this, this, hey, your birthday is coming up. Guess what? You're getting anal. Oh my God. <laughs> I, whoa. Listen, you know what? The the gift that keeps on giving, I guess. Why I don't did, know. I'm so sorry. I assumed the anal was penetrating the man, not the woman. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. This makes a lot more sense. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. You, the women. You, you, I thought pegging. <laughs> I thought. <laughs> 
I went immediately to pegging this. I was like, why would she offer to peg you if you didn't weren't into it? That's weird. That's 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 your by curiosity coming out. It is. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a very okay. bi response. Got it. So anal on yeah. the woman. Got it. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They oh well because it also makes sense like oh we always joke around about her doing stuff to yeah, me got it exactly oh, okay. I thought yeah. it was like a, oh yeah for your oh, birthday yeah, yeah. I'm gonna anyway gonna, whatever yeah, yeah. okay We're gonna so, make... so... <laughs> she's like, I'm gonna make you my bitch for my birthday and he's like yeah. oh no like, no thank yeah. you no thank you like no. a like Deadpool International Women's Day you know oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay no no she offered him the butt the butt and he's like i'm actually not that interested but he wants to but he, the thing is he wants to switch it to threesome which is unrelated that's like that's like going from like coach to first class yeah so that's hard <laughs> yeah that's uh, going from like that's that's like the difference between getting upgraded to like exit row to first class yeah yeah that's a tough that's a that's a tough upgrade you well, the butt thing, I feel like just like it just like let her know, like, oh, you know, that's actually like it's a joke. Like, I'm yeah, it's not something I'd be super like, into. Gonna, like, um, I've seen how you, I've seen how you eat. Oh <laughs> like, I feed you. Um, I know what's coming. I know what's going in. I can only imagine what's coming out. I don't know, man. I, I would just because my ass, I'm <laughs> this blunt. I'm this blunt in my real life. So I would just say, what about a threesome, babe? But I know that can get a lot of men in trouble. So. Yeah. I don't know. Is there's the girl no, like there's serious no right at all? way? There's no right way to ask for a threesome. No right way. No. I will say the best threesomes are had with women that are actually into women. So if you want a threesome with two women and she's just super straight <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, super monogamous, yeah. don't even try it. Don't even suggest it. Yeah, we've talked about this before. That, yeah. You know, like very like, monogamous straight women will never take that kindly. Mm-hmm. So you know her. No, there's if they're strictly dickly, you gotta you gotta and very monogamous too. Like I don't yeah. share my man. Like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's usually it's the kind that will offer up the butt as a gift. You know, mm-hmm. that'll be like, you know, hey, I you know, yeah, you're in a no-win situation because there's no way to yeah, like like Liz said, you're aiming kind of high there. I'd be yeah. surprised to ask what he asked for next birthday. Uh, yes, it would be escalating. No, she says, you can have the butt. We always talk about it. He says, you know what? No. But you know what? What I would like is your sister. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then and then when she says no, then you're like, all right, how about just me, you, and a random? You know? Oh, my God. Right? No. <laughs> totally. That's exactly yeah. how it goes. Because you have to. The only, way, the only way you can make the threes implausible is if you're like, if you have to go above and beyond, you know. Yeah. Also, I, I would say a threesome is not something you want to coerce something in somebody into. And I don't mean it's coercion by a birthday gift, but it, mm. if it's not something that's coming from her end, it's not something you want to be in. Trust me, because this is going to be awkward. Coming from someone who's been in many uh, awkward threesomes. <laughs> they can be awkward, guys. They, absolutely. They're don't they make it awkward. They can be bad. They can be bad. Yes. They can they can be very bad. They can be uh, no no fun. Not no fun. fun. Not fun. Yeah. Not a lot of fun. So. Um. So yeah, take it easy on asking for that. Just you know, maybe just maybe just stop. Maybe just have we maybe just have her, you know, consider the other side. Consider the internet. You know, maybe have her rummage around back there, toss your salad yeah. a bit. You know, maybe maybe you maybe you might surprise yourself. Maybe you might you like should it. Explore your bum. You maybe have you a G spot in there. You know that. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a place back there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did not help at all, did we? I'm sorry. 
Um, hopefully listen, she I, is by curious. Yeah, listen, yeah, it's 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 not like I don't even know why they make such a big deal of it in porno, but it's not like I mean, I understand. I mean, butt stuff I, or threesomes. Butt stuff, butt stuff, oh. or th- or threesomes for that matter. But but butt stuff, they make it like like it's the ultimate. It's not, you know, it's nothing to write home to your cousins about. It's I've heard like, that from a lot of straight men. Yeah, like my straight like, male friends are always like, yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know, like you just, but it's not because it's not because it's not fun. It's just because vagina is undefeated. There's mm-hmm. there's it's it's there's nothing there's nothing better I than do like, love it. It's, there's nothing better. Nothing so better. it's like. You'd have to get really bored. Yeah. <laughs> I should like, call her. You'd <laughs> be like really, really bored of of everything to to like you know for myself personal taste is like I don't mm. I'm not even I'm not worried about it. You know, this man is about to tell her no butt stuff though, but yes threesome. That, yeah, don't I don't do know, that. man. Don't, don't do, do that. that. I don't. don't do that. I say depends on the type of girl that she is. If she's yeah. vicarious and not the most monogamous and. I'd say be open. If she's a sex positive female, cool. If she's a very straight monogamous, don't do it. Just don't mm-hmm. do it. No. Because then You'll you're be gonna open. have an ex-girlfriend and not a girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. She'll be like, oh, you want other bitches and go away. So all right, guys. All right. We want to thank everybody that joined us today. Jose Montesinos, right. check out his movie. Uh Lizzie, if you didn't already um check the comments. Uh, the movie uh, is Chico Enrico, Animal Avengers, a really, really funny short film. Uh, yes. Jose Montesinos, the filmmaker, was on tonight. Rosa Parra, follow her. Rosa Reviews on Twitter. Uh, at the Daily Cella came in, prompt. Uh, lot, cool conversation. Yeah. We had a bracket awesome bit. We, we covered some tags. Go to mihenteshow.com, uh, mihenteshow.podbean.com, or look for Show anywhere that you get your podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Tune in with Alexa. You can say, Alexa, play me Hente show. My <laughs> Alexa's not working right now. No. Uh, but right. you can but you can do that and it'll find it for you. Um uh, Samsung, listen notes, boom yeah. play, pod chaser. Leave us some likes, good ratings. Come good on, pods. guys, everything helps. Good pods. We're everywhere. Uh, no excuse at me, Hent the show, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the clips channel, youtube.com slash at me, Hent the show, mm-hmm. all the good and I stuff. Will, I will say that YouTube channel. Um, I think it's, uh, currently being, what is that called? Suppressed a little bit. So click the link straight from the YouTube. If you can't find it in the search bar. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because we, yeah. yeah. And it's brand new and it needs more activity. So, um, yeah. right now it's, if you search it, Usually you won't find it. I've noticed. So, but yeah, just go to YouTube. Well, the YouTube is adding the at symbol to all the channels now. So no, even then. So I tried it from different channels and it doesn't come up for some reason. I've tried everything. I added it to the, um, about me section. I added it to keywords still not coming up. So youtube.com and then you have to go watch at, it comes up i hope it does but at me and this show well i have it linked so it should come yeah up. so the direct link is in the ig if yeah but yeah if you don't so if you just go in the search bar if you go through your 2amb youtube and you search it it's not going to uh, find it hmm. even through users yeah interesting well fix that team <laughs> yeah 
we'll so get click there. the link, guys. It's, it's growing. You can still find us on all the other channels as well, but that's one of the chances. You'll be able to find us anywhere is the point. All right. Uh, we'll be back on next Tuesday, two shows next week before we go on vacation. So thank yeah. you, everybody that's joined us. Brand new episode drops tomorrow with Andy Dukelith about her pod, uh, Kickstarter, and we talk a lot about news. Cool conversation. So everybody, thank you for watching. Thank listening. you for being love here. You. Peace love out. Peace Hasta out. Man. Cuatro años de escuela de cinematografía para esto.